episode 96 of the Severe Met podcast is here. My name is Sean Sheehan. As always, I'm joined by Graham from Severe Met, Graham McDonald. How are you, Graham? Good, good. How are you, Shawnee? Not too bad. About to strap in for a good week of uh, MMA discussion. We're going to speak about the new martial arts association that they're trying to set up in the MMA. We're going to look back at the tough finale. We're also going to look at the next uh, two weeks of, of uh, UFC fights. We also might talk a little bit about uh, Bellator, what happened at the weekend. We're going to talk about Conor McGregor and he's getting his boxing license and stuff like that. And we're going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, about John Jones and his uh, appearance on the Joe Rogan, exper- uh, Joe Rogan experience. Uh, and then we're going to answer your questions as well. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors ROS uh, nutrition.com if, if you listen to this podcast before you probably know all about uh, ROS nutrition they're Ireland's uh, leading supplement provider absolute fantastic company quick delivery great prices um, if, you know if Christmas coming up they have all the best stuff for, for your supplement needs they're from you know ranging from uh, proteins and amino acids to sports performance strength and conditioning uh, creatine products they have you know they have everything you're going to need you can get 25% off now with the promo code SEVERMMA so I put all your stuff in the checkout go to checkout throw in SEVERMMA into the promo code and you get 25% off um, if you look at their website they actually have a fantastic website you know they break stuff down by which sport you are if you're a martial artist or if you're a GA player or a soccer player or uh, you know if you do athletics or whatever head on over to ROS Nutrition look at look at that website it's absolutely fantastic and uh, they'll break everything down you know as I said Christmas coming up get some get someone a you know get someone a, a pound of protein for Christmas or, or you know a big big box of protein get 25% off it as well save yourself some money so head on over rosnutrition.com use the promo code severe MMA to get 25% off Oh, Graham, how are you? How was your weekend? How was your week? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, nothing, nothing special. Just uh, same old, same old. That's good, I suppose. What, what other way would you want? Is Christmas coming up now. Have you all your shopping done? Uh, no, I've actually done none of my shopping. I um usually pretty bad for leaving it till the very last minute. I'm the type of guy who doesn't knock over on the internet all in one night. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're obsessed with buying stuff on the internet. Uh, well, a little bit. Any excuse. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. But there's nothing better than like waking up in the morning and there's like someone knocking at your door. We like a package from Amazon. It's just the best thing. Oh, what did I get today that I don't remember buying three weeks ago? It's just the best. It's like giving yourself, it's like having little Christmases every couple of days. But yeah, um, let's let's get into let's get into the MMA talk. There's a lot of, a lot to get through this week, and I suppose the biggest news of the week. There's you know there's been a lot of fights last week. There's a lot of fights coming up next week. But the biggest news, I suppose, is the fight outside of the cage, as the what are they called? The Mixed Martial Arts Athletes Association. Is that it? Yeah. The Triple M Double A, as I I think is the easiest. Double way to M Triple A. Double <laughs> yeah, just how easy it is. Yeah, that's how fucking easy it is. But yeah, they were set up uh, this week. We had a, uh, a fucking feature-length press conference uh, yeah, during the week. Two rare plus conference yeah, call. <laughs> yeah, led by uh, ex-Bellator owner and founder and CEO or whatever he was, Bjorn Rebney. Uh, also on the call, you had Tim Kennedy, you had uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, TJ Dillashaw, Ken Velasquez, and... GSP. George St. Pierre, yeah, was the biggest one of them all. Um, first off, how did, like we we've seen we've seen other ones like the the uh, was the PFA they're called, and you had the, the Fighters Association that were you know the MMA PA I think they were called. I, my my names are probably all, but you probably know them if you're listening to this and you know better than me. But 
Do you think this is different to all of them? Or like I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, here's the same old, same old again." I think they're actually <clears throat> they're better. They seem to be better organized, and uh, they seem to be. I thought the f- the first half of the call was they they probably should have cut it after an hour. They kind of kind of um, the second half. It kind of seemed like they didn't they didn't have everything kind of yeah. worked out in their own heads. But I suppose it is very early days, and these questions that were being put to them. Um, they'll probably try to answer now and try to make plans on uh, what their plan of strategy is. Uh, I thought it was um, it was a very good move. <clears throat> uh, GSP kept saying, uh, kept mentioning Connor and kept saying that Connor wasn't getting paid what he did, his his fair share, and he was he was basically trying to trying to talk to Connor through the through the call and say we need you here. I think he actually at one stage I think he actually said we need you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good strategy anyway. If you want if you want to do it properly, I think you need top top guys like guys at the top of the game at the time i know gsp is is known as a top guy but he's he hasn't fought in a while like you know he's semi-retired flash on a break still and there's legal difficulties there so i think i think connor connor would be huge to it it'd be taken very seriously if he was involved and i think that's a good strategy by by them on gsp to 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 try and get connor to pique his interest in it at least yeah, I, I have to agree. Like, I think the biggest problem with all of these ventures is that a lot of the people involved kind of uh, carry a lot of baggage with them, if you know what I mean. Like, you looked at the other ones, you kind of had Kung Lee, who went through a battle with, with the UFC. You had Nate Quarry, who's been, you know, a long time uh, against the UFC, and, you know, Randy Couture as well. Now, all these guys, are, I think they're doing it for the right reasons, and are, you know, are good guys and stuff, but you can't help but see that and you like it exists that they have kind of a bug to bear with the UFC now the the fact is every fighter should have a bug to bear with the UFC because of the way they've been mistreated over the years but it's it's the appearance of it more than anything I think for me I think this is probably the best of all those iterations of fighters associations because of that these one these guys who are up there don't really have that that much okay GSP obviously has a little bit. Um, Tim Kennedy has a little bit. He's you know he's been stuck on one fight left in the UFC for for ages now. Ken Velasquez, you know, he had a big falling out with the UFC before over the game and stuff. All of uh, you know, I don't think it's any any secret that you know a lot of AKA guys and guys managed by Bob Cook and stuff. You know, they have a close relationship with, with Bellator as well. You know. There's there's bits like that as well. For, see, there's it, it's a two sided thing because you, you, I say it's good because those guys aren't um, you know aren't kind of they don't have the baggage and stuff, but they still have a little bit of it. If you know what I mean, like, and I I still think that's a problem. And I don't think act, the actual guys, the five guys who are picked there, are actually the best. I think because it, it's difficult to say. But like, I don't I don't think people, you know. Tim Kennedy is he that liked universally? Like I, I don't I don't know if he is. I think a lot of people like him. But I think I think the American he, the American fighters might like him, but he rubs a lot of American people up the wrong way as well. I think it's yeah. you know, it's, not, it's not just war, me. <laughs> war hero team kind of that a lot of Americans will be will be uh, will be a fan yeah. of his because of that. I'd say. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, you need someone there like him doing that. And it's very difficult. Like, I, I put up who I think would be the best. You know, I think, like, Brian Sanaby, ter, ter, um, 
terrific at doing it. I think like he's worked with, uh, he works with a lot of groups himself, you know, diplomatic kind of things. He, he's done things kind of like this before, you know, he, he gets deals done and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's one with the WWE at one of his companies. Obviously, I think you need McGregor as well in there. You need, as you said, the biggest person's work. And someone who is like, he's, uh, GSP is brilliant there as well because GSP is fighting and he doesn't need to fight. He said that himself. I'm already rich. I don't need to be doing this, but I'm doing this for the, the other people and stuff. I think McGregor would be like that as well. Obviously, he doesn't need to do it. You know, I think you need a champion. You need someone like Tyron Woodley. I think Tyron Woodley is, is a very good speaker. He's he's proven that he'll sit in the sidelines and he'll wait. You know, mm-hmm. he you know he isn't... Dominic Cruz would be one I was thinking that they, yeah. would be really handy for them. He's a really good speaker. Yeah. Like, as well. He's I, a champ, long-term champion. Yeah. I think eventually they're like they're gonna need they're gonna need everyone, but I suppose the <laughs> the, the pink elephant and is that the word blue elephant pink elephant I don't know, but in the room was for the whole night was was Fionn Rebney. Yeah. Uh, do you think yeah. that's a kind of a perverse good idea, or do you just think um, it's a terrible idea? I don't know. Like Tim Kennedy told Lou Thomas on his show about it, he said basically, uh, basically here's a quote: "Not to sound like a dick." but it's, he's almost a necessary evil. We can't go into these conversations without understand, understanding the nuances and su- subtleties that exist within the promotion. The things that promoters do to garner money, the types of partnerships they create from vendors using arenas to sponsors with the promotions to ticket sales, pay-per-views. Basically, he's saying that these are things that, that Kane and himself, TJ and all don't know. And yeah. uh, the lawyers don't know because they're not promoters and it kind of, MA games kind of works it's kind of its own beast it kind of works in its own way yeah. but uh, I don't know like there was a lot of Twitter reaction from from former Bellator fighters and even non-Bellator fighters and other promoters like Graham Boylan was was very skeptical about it on uh, the Cage Warriors owner was very um, skeptical of it on Twitter uh, the, the, the Bjorn Rebney inclusion I mean um, yeah. it seems to have put a good few people off which is which is definitely not good. Um, you, you you may need somebody in, the, in that position, but I, I think you probably. I think the biggest problem with him is like he kept trying to put himself off as someone who knows MMA and who knows the game of MMA. And he goes, he was like, we can't just have kind of bureaucrats here. We need someone in MMA. And I was like, I was thinking like, when you were in MMA. That was the criticism people used to make of you. Like people used to say, "Oh, Bjorn Rib doesn't really know MMA. He's just putting on like a, a TV product. He just has his own ideas. It's he doesn't really. He's not really in touch with MMA. And now he's saying he's the one that's in touch with MMA, and he can only do this because he's in touch with MMA. Which I'm like, that that's so weird. Like you, you know, I I think it's just for me. It's just a terrible, terrible inclusion. Like they could have. How many people have just got sacked by the UFC? Like, I know he's been doing it for for a year or stuff, but like, what's Gary Cook at at the moment? Like, why why can he be in there? Like, what's uh, well, you know, does, maybe does, maybe they did approach other people and other people didn't want to get involved. Or it's, it's hard to know, really. But maybe, yeah, maybe I think um, or something like that. Tom Wright. Yeah, I think Tom the way the, the way Eddie the way Eddie Alvarez is brought to court by Bjorn Rebney trying to uh, it's yeah. just it's just a bad look when when this is such um, Bjorn Rebney is well known for this kind of for that kind of Eddie Alvarez saga, and nobody really springs to mind who'd be perfect for it. 
But I think maybe you're better off going with nobody, nobody in that position rather than Bjorn, to be honest. The, the thing is, anyway, it's like Bjorn Remney has spoken about, he spoke about in that call about how there's people backing him, like their financial backers. I think someone asked the question, how are you, how are you doing this? How are you flying all over the world? And he kind of gave a fluff answer, didn't really say anything to it. Uh, and he kind of, you know, it led from that, that, okay, there's someone there. There's also talk of... Um, CA is back in them, which is the big, there's two big talent agencies in the world. One is obviously WME IMG, which owns the UFC, and the other is CA, which represents, if I'm not wrong, represents Tim Kennedy, Ken yeah. Velasquez, TJ Dillashaw, and Cowboy, is it? There's uh, at least three or four of the guys anywhere there at the weekend. I think there's I think one. Cowboy's outside of it, and GSP's, I think GSP's one of them. And oh, then yeah. I think yeah. Cowboy was the only one who wasn't there, wasn't from that uh, talent oh, agency. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's a telltale sign, really. And I think you know a lot of people were talking about it. It but comes across a bit to, of a vendetta. Yeah. yeah, they were trying to ignore it. Like, are these guys getting pushed in there by CA? They they represent them, but still, something does does need to be done. You know, I think the bigger point here is that something does need to be done. Like. Yeah. They, they spoke about fighters being mistreated. I think GSP, was it 8% he said of the UFC's total revenue that fighters are getting? I think he, he said something like that. Bjorn Ribney said that Bellator paid his fight, their fighters 50% at one stage, mm-hmm. which yeah. I would seriously... I see them uh, numbers on paper. Yeah, yeah it's, unless they did like, it was their first event and they did it in like December maybe or something like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I, I'd like to see that on paper as well, but like something, something needs to be done. It's, it's very tough though because, like, when the other one, the other one that popped up earlier this year, the Fighters Association, they spoke about like, oh, you're going to get your, you know, you're going to sign your cards, we're going to get you all signed up, you know, we're going to get you paying your fees, and then we're going to work for you. But the triple M, double A are not working like that. They're they're setting double up M, triple A. No, it, it's the triple M, double A, no, the no, mixed MMA. martial arts. No, it's the Triple Athletes Association. Yeah. Mixed martial arts. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, I'm wrong. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they're not. They're not doing that. They're like going about it another way, like a, a more complicated way. Which, God, I don't know. I, like these things are so hard to do, and going at it an even more complicated way is gonna be. Oh, it's gonna be gonna be very tough. But uh, it's when the real early stages of it. Like, um, yeah. it's. Uh, They've a, they've a lot to learn, and they're kind of they were kind of saying that on the on the call that they they haven't got everything thrashed out, but um yeah, having that big talent agency behind them, which it seems they do, w- will help. Like um, it's just it's just a, I think it's just a matter of wait and see. Like yeah, look, I I've had this thought in my mind for a while, and it makes absolutely no sense, but I think it might be right. I think the only way that the Fighters Association ever materializes is if the UFC creates it itself. I think that's the only way they can do it. I think if there's enough pressure brought upon them, like if enough people are talking about it, they start it up. Kind of like the GA started up like the GPA. And I, I, I think the other people did that as well. Now people probably roar at me for that, but they allowed them kind of in there, you know, and they help them, they fund them and stuff. I think something like that is the way that it's, it's going to happen here because 
it's such a disjointed sport. Like it's different when you when you football or you know American football or baseball or stuff. You you know you have teams and you have like if you have the Dallas Cowboys, you, know, you could have two hundred people working for them or something. You know, and and they're used to working in a team. Other teams are used to working in a team, and they come together and work as a team. Then in MMA, it's just not like that. You're an individual. GSP, I think, said it on the call that for his whole career, he's had to be selfish. You know, and this is his sign to be unselfish. Well, like. Conor McGregor and you know Amanda Nunes and any fighter on the roster, you know they're all they're all being selfish. Like if you, even if you look at it, if you follow him on Snapchat, Dominic Cruz, he does nothing but fucking train, go drive to the gym and drive home from the gym, eat and like walk his dog for the whole. Like these guys and girls, they don't have you know they don't have time to be doing it. <laughs> get, like their whole career is you know is fighting it and, and get it done and it, because it is, so it, that becomes a double edged sword. Like because when you need this. But it's going to be very, very tough to actually get people to do it. You know, organizing, it's grand to say we need to get organized, we need to do it. But for them, it's, it's going to be very, very tough, I think. And look, hopefully this, this is the group that does it because these fighters deserve to be treated better. They deserve to be paid better. But uh, I, have my, um, I have my worries about it. Yeah, it seemed to be, it seemed to be the most kind of uh, attention that one of these announcements has gotten. I think the... the the star sort of lineup on the call or whatever, or on the conference call was what did that. And then, you, you know, like there's even like Irish radio talking about it and it seems to have spread a little bit more, but, but it's just, it's just in its infancy. So it's just, it's just a wait and see thing. And I think a lot of fighters will probably like, like the sound of a lot of the things, but don't want to be one of the, one of the first kind of, they yeah. just want to join the herd when the herd's got, when the herd's joining, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like, I think Ariel asked the question as well on the call. When this call in, what's going to happen tomorrow morning? And I think it was Bjorn kind of said, oh, we, you know, we don't want to give away our strategy. And someone else asked him, what are they going to do next? And he said the same thing. And it's a little bit worrying to me as well. We've heard nothing since, you know. <laughs> there hasn't been a word out of him since, basically, since that yeah. call. And... It's like something Donald Trump would say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they're going to build a wall around the octagon. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Make MMA great again. That's what Brown Revenue's going to do. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh god Tom. yeah i think ariel ariel made a good point about why is he in that photo the, yeah the, 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 the like members photo it's it's there's just know. something fishy about beyond revenue it's like i think luke thomas made a great point about people in mma just they never die like <laughs> you know there's that hashtag pride never die like people <laughs> you could do anything in mma and you'd be reborn and you'll go back like oh it's just it happens so much like there's so many people just hanging around mma and stuck in it forever this it's just it's insane the way people can find ways of reinventing themselves and coming back like garn Rebney was universally despised when he, when he left mma you know there was for a while there was people keeping up the pretense of not hating him because they kind of had to work with him and he was the owner of bellator or whatever but then he left and everyone was like oh thank god that fucker's gone you know it was that's that's you know that's an unfortunate man to have leading your yeah. fighters association to lead a revolution people are already going into conversations with a negative attitude of, of the guy they're going to be talking to it's, yeah, yeah. How, how much better would it be if, if scott corker was doing this and we honor yeah. Civil Power? Yeah. Well, i think that'd be a lot better yeah look as as we said um 
I suppose we'll talk. We'll be talking about it more over the next coming months and, and years. Anyway, sure, sure. this this story isn't dying. Whether it's this association or, or one of the other ones or a new one, I, I think um, I think we it's, it's going to be a story that that's not going to die off for a while. But yeah, um, let's move on. I suppose to a couple of uh, a couple of fights, and let's before we look ahead to, to next week's fights, let's look back at what happened. Uh, what happened last week? We had the Ultimate Fighter finale from the uh, the Pams, I believe, in in Las yeah. Vegas. We had uh, uh, two thousand and forty four people there with one hundred and eighty eight thousand of a dollars of a gate, um, which some people <laughs> get fined about that much if you're to to believe stuff. Uh, you had, it wasn't a bad card, uh, all in all. Um, yeah, at the top of it, you have uh, Dimitri Shanson against Tim Elliott. Before we get into that, though. The undercard, it wasn't the best undercard in the world, but it wasn't the worst either, was it? Yeah, I think um, the Rob Font and uh, and uh, Ryan Hall, Gray Maynard fights were the were the ones that uh, kind of saved the saved the undercard. <clears throat> um, Font looked good again, very good, and uh, Hall. A lot of people were complaining about Hall, but um, I don't know. They must have never seen Hall fight before. Um, like, I don't know. Like, what what were people expecting? He's done this every every single time. Um, I actually enjoy I actually enjoy Ryan Hall's style. It's 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 nice to have a. I think I think we were talking about this on Twitter. It's nice to have a bit of bit of bit of um, difference. What's the word I'm looking for? Variety. Yeah, a bit of variety. Uh, just one like you know on the on the on the undercards, it's kind of just one mid level mediocre fighter in a. Muay Thai stance against another a lot of the time it's good to have like it's good to have it mixed up I thought I thought Gray Maynard like I thought he could have got on top and avoided submission and a few strikes and then if things got a bit hairy he started getting sucked in he could stand up and out again but he just seemed have no interest in going to the ground with Ryan Hall yeah. so Ryan Hall played up to that every time he came into strike and punching range Ryan Hall would, would hit would hit his ass or drop to his ass and try to go for a leg or Gray Maynard got very frustrated, but he should have known that this was going to be. I don't know. He shouldn't. He should, he should have watched tape and known that this is this was going to be the game plan, and this is what Ryan Hall does, and you got to deal with it. Like, there's no point giving out to the ref. Gray Maynard just he basically threw no no strikes, didn't go for any takedowns. He just he got kicked with a couple of heel kicks to the head. He he, he did he he had very 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 poor performance from Gray Maynard. He, he didn't seem to expect the style of Ryan Hall somehow. Yeah, look, for me, people have given out about Ryan Hall. Someone sent me a tweet, if I wanted to watch diving, I'd go and watch soccer, <laughs> which was a bit weird. But, look, I've no problem with someone as long as they go for it. You know, Ryan Hall was kept going for it. Like, yeah. at one stage, he did something really, really sneaky at one stage in the first round that he, like, put his hands down and put his back to Graham Maynard and started running away from him against the cage and got Graham Maynard like chasing him and then he like backflipped onto the ground and like got Graham Maynard in a leg lock you yeah. know he like he's running forwards and he straight backwards and, and went down and got Graham Maynard's leg like that's, yeah, he, how can you fall? Can you fall the guy for that? Like he's yeah, going. He Gray Maynard afraid to step in to punch because he knew the second he did he was going to drop under him and go for a leg or yeah. yeah. And then on the outside, Gray Maynard didn't have any kicks, and Ryan Hall actually every fight you see him, his kicks are improving. Like he, mm-hmm. I don't know, he must have landed 
four or five, six of them hook them hook kicks, including a really nice clean one in the second round. Um, I don't know. Like a lot of people were giving Ryan Hall stick. Uh, I don't know what they expected. I think the like, problem is he, he goes for it too much. That's his one. Like, he goes for it the same way too much, which is which is odd because, uh, like, I'm not criticizing him for it, but and others have obviously. But like, it it does get a bit weird when you keep going for it the same way. Like, if you're Johnny Hendricks and you keep going for double legs, I think it'll probably look the same. If you're to, you know if you're to go for fucking fifty double legs in a fight and only like three of them get actually get your takedown. I saw people talking about how he needs to change up his entries and get different ways of getting takedowns. And I think that's a fair criticism. I think that's something he, yeah. could, he could definitely... Oh, he's definitely, he's definitely a raw, raw martial artist. Like, he's nowhere near the finished product. He's only been in MMA, what, three three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's the type of guy that is improving. As you said, those kicks look absolutely phenomenal at the weekend. They look good before, but they look better than ever. Like, I think he's, his jab looked good. But, the, the, like, the problem yeah. with Ryan Hall is... Like, if this if he decided to just fight stand up and fight like that, I think he could actually do pretty well. <clears throat> but he knows what he's good at, and he like he goes for it, and he constantly goes for it. I, like I have no problem with that. He didn't, he didn't catch him, yeah. but you know he could have caught him. So Ricky over Doom used used a similar tactic over the years. Like, yeah, he, somebody steps in the punch, he drops to his back, and they're not sure if he's hurt or not, or they're happy to go into his guard, and he gets the win from there. Like I know he doesn't he doesn't flop as people are saying as much as. As much as Hall does, but God, just, I hate that word flop. Hall style. Yeah, but God, I hate yeah, it. Drop to his back, I suppose. I don't know what you call it, but it's yeah, it's effective. Like, yeah, he's not running from the fight. He's 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 trying to create. He's trying to create a, create a leg lock attempt, basically. And one of them that he did get deep on um on a on one. Yeah, he, he he claimed he was kicked. He claimed he was kicked in the head on the ground, but it did it. It looked, it looked like he was trying to clear the clear the force from the leg lock attempt, Gray Maynard, and it might have just glanced off him, but I don't think there was much in that anyway, to be honest. It was like Zlatan and Shami Coleman. There. About that. Did you see that? Zlatan and Shami Coleman. Like Shami Coleman. No, no. Shami was running out with the ball and Zlatan was running after him. Shit. And then Shami stopped up all of a sudden and Zlatan barreled into him and I fouled him, obviously, because Shami stopped and he bought it. And um like Shami, it looked like Shami was kind of judo throwing him, and Zatan landed on top of him, and then Zatan's foot kind of grazed, or kicked Shami Coleman in the face, like totally accidental. And people, oh, he kicked him in the face. He, oh, dude, he should get like a ten match ban. He kicked him in the face, but it was like totally accidental. But I, I think um, Graham Maynard was a little bit like that as well. He barely touched him. Like we, uh, we're going to talk about Jake Ellenberger as well. Like we have to MMA can't delve into the world of a fella getting hit by a paper airplane and then going down and acting like he just got hit with a baseball in the head like that's we can't get there it, it, this needs to be stopped now called we need we need common sense in mma honestly that's the like the, the herb dean right i suppose we we'll get to the the masville ellenberger thing if, if people didn't see it jake ellenberger was fighting Jorge masville fight was going on. Jake Ellenberger like ran towards the fence to get away from Masvidal strikes. His toe got caught in the fence. Um he couldn't get out. He attempted to pull his toe out and Herb Dean called a stoppage. Right. And then Herb Dean said call the fight off after consulting with the commission outside, saying there's nothing he could do. It wasn't a malfunction, you know, it wasn't a glove malfunction or a cage malfunction or anything. It was um Ellenberger himself got caught in it. Now 
that is the most idiotic thing ever. It, it, that wasn't a, a TKO. That fight should not have been stopped. That f- he should have called time out. He should let him get his toe out of the cage, and they should have fought on. That's common sense. Yeah. That's what should have happened. And we can't go down this fucking road of something like this happening all the time. Like the, this, this happens in so many other sports. Like we, it's it's ruining soccer. It's like ruining lo- loads of other sports. We MMA can't go down that road. The first thing a referee's in a referee's head should be common sense. The second thing should be the rules. In my opinion, that's why I think Big John McCarthy is really, really good, and he's the best referee out there. Mm. I do. I agree, they're, they're, you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I think like they go through spell at the moment. Um, Herb Dean's obviously he's had a few incidents recently. But uh, he's still a very good referee. But yeah, I'd say John McCarthy. Um, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be worried if I saw if I saw like oh, uh, the me- this main event is big cup fight main event is being ref by her being. I wouldn't be like no. oh no, something's going to happen here. You know, some refs you're like oh this is asking for trouble. But I don't think it's like that. But I do think John McCarthy has been more consistent recently. Um, the the injury th- or the the cage <laughs> or the cage uh, incident with Ellenberger. They, I think um, they were saying Ratner, Mark Ratner came on um, the broadcast and said that there's no rule for it. It should, it should be, it should be that it just, it just continues. Yeah, it just continues if he's able to continue. If he can't continue, then it's a no contest. If it's the first round, if, if it's late in the fight, you go to the scorecards. Like, it's very rarely going to happen, but like, they should just write that rule in, just so it doesn't happen again. It, yeah. It was very strange. Um, it was it very unfair on Ellenberger. How was it not a malfunction? Like, you, like that's not supposed to happen. It was a des- design flaw of the yeah, cage. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I, it just it really like it bugged me because and because when that happens, you have idiots as well coming online. Oh, sure, he was going to get bit anyway. Like, how do you yeah, know that? Well, <laughs> like Jake Ellenberger constantly kept fighting off the cage all night he could have caught him one big right hand and put him yeah. straight all he needs out. is the one big right yeah. yeah like he i picked masvidal i masvidal was more than likely going to win the fight but that fight was by no means over and people as well saying he wasn't intelligently defending himself if you're stuck st- in the fucking cage if your cage if your foot is stuck in the cage the most intelligent defense is to pull your foot out of the cage which is what he was doing like i like I, I just I can't abide by this. I hate like I hate things like that. It's like it's it's just it's it's so annoying. I like her. I I'm not. It's not really thing of giving out about her. But I think it's just the rules. Like the rules need to be. You need they need to be common sense more than anything. You you know you need the rule. The rules the rules should be come first, but common sense should be. You know, common sense, sense should rule everything. I think, but yeah, no, look, I think put on put on the put on the rematch. Maybe yeah. I don't think Ellenberger should be cut. Like Ellenberger said a few losses recently. I don't think he deserves to be cut after that. I think it'd be a disgrace if he was. But yeah, it was. I enjoyed the fight. It was a good fight for for Daniel. I think uh, Masvidal probably would have won. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good fight. Um. Yeah. Outside of that, what did you think of the Jared Cannonier Ian Kutibala fight? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good crack, yeah. Um it was close as well. Um I think it should have been on earlier in the card. Really? To be honest. I think I think that the whole fight should have been up the card. The whole minor fight should have been up the card, but it doesn't really matter, I suppose, at least no. fight nights they're, they're all on TV and it's no pay per view, but 
so you, you used to kind of be able to predict the order of the UFC cards when you heard the fights, but now it's now it's much tougher. Like you'd be surprised at some fights that are on the fight pass prelims and some that are on the the fight night. Moreno as well. Moreno looked good again. Yeah, I I wasn't impressed to be honest. I didn't think he no? was that good. No, I wasn't that impressed with him. He couldn't get the he couldn't really get the fight to the floor. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't that great. I think a lot of people are kind of looking to be impressed by him because of the good win against Lewis Malka. Like his hands looked a bit, a little bit earlier, better early, which I think Henry Segura has the same thing as well. But we'll get into him in a minute. But he looked, he looked good. Like he looked grand. But you know, I, I don't think he looked. I thought he comfortably outstruck. But uh, he did, he did. I don't know. I, I, the most thing I was impressed with most about him was he didn't get caught on the bottom because that tends to happen a lot with kind of submission experts like that. Yeah. And I think it happened to him. It was a tough fighter, another fighter I watched of his anyway. And I think that was a good thing. Like, he's a guy that's improving as well. I think he still think he's only like 20, early 20 or something. He's still only young. So he's a guy that improved, but he, he's not there yet, I don't think. Um, yeah, they gave him a lot of uh, a lot of time in the cage for the interview afterwards. Yeah. They've tried to build a few uh, Mexican, Mexican stars over the years. It hasn't really worked out. Maybe they're looking at looking at him as another one. He is young and he's he seems to be improving fight to fight. His cardio might be a bit of a problem. He seemed to tire out um, on the Ultimate Fighter and the one he lost, and uh, towards the end of this, not 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 like not ridiculous, not gas out completely or anything, but I think he could uh, he could be in um, he could be fitter. And I think um, I think the third round was was his worst round because he got tired, but I thought he still won that round. So um, I'd say he'll probably he might get the slow build so that they can they can build him up and have him as a as a sell. On a, on a Mexican card. Yeah, like, those two fights, like the Cannoneer Kudabalava and this one, I think it kind of, I think they're probably the two weakest divisions in MMA, the light heavyweight and the flyweight division, but you have kind of, you have like an intercontinental championship going on there. You have the top guys, and then you have like the guys just below them, and then you have like the second tier, and I think they're pretty good. I think flyweight has like a good second tier, maybe led by, you know, the likes of, the likes of Marino, you know, with like Neil Seary and Ray Borg and Sergio Perez like that. I think and Ben Win. I think there's a lot of good guys there. And then Light Heavyweight is the same. Like Light Heavyweight is you know, I think it's kind of exciting with Kananir. Kutabala is very good, Nikita Krylov, uh, Mirsha, uh Mishka Serkinov. Like those those divisions are just they, they need that as well. They badly need it because those the top is just it's so far away from everything else that it makes the division look bad. And I think if you have a good kind of secondary division, it'll kind of make it better. And, you know, I think the likes of uh, Marino coming on, and this season at tough was, was very good with the flyaways and with, you know, those light heavyweights as well that I spoke about there. I think that's a good thing for, for both divisions and they need building like that up from the bottom. So mm. that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah, the, the second half of the top 15 in them divisions isn't great, um, talent-wise. Like especially like heavyweights, like just like six guys that that are competitive that could be even competitive with with uh, the, or with Daniel Cormier or John Jones in my opinion. And then flyweight, it, it, it's the, probably the best it's ever been. To be honest, the top fifteen. Like you got people like Ben Nguyen, Sergio Pettis, Ray Borg, Moreno, Smolka, Ortiz. In, in between 10 and 15 that's probably the best state that it's been in 
Yeah, it is, the flyweight division. Yeah, I think I think it has. Uh, it's it's growing like and it's going to take time. Like um, Demetrius Johnson has nine title defenses now, and that's they're the only nine you know title title defenses, ten title fights now that have ever happened. So you know, it's it's still a young division, and it's going to take time to grow. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not bad. I think the flyweight division is, is actually a little bit underrated. I think there's a lot of good fighters there, um, but they just don't have the names of of the the bigger fighters. They haven't been around as long, and you know, a lot of the kind of good guys like like a Siri or like um, an Ian McCall are kind of getting too old to be to be title contenders and there's a new bunch has to come on you know even the kind of like Zach Bukowski Wilson Hayes is just kind of holding on to it as well so um, yeah, it's it's tough I think in another given another few years and those divisions are going to grow we see we see with all the divisions look at look at Bantamweight like Bantamweight even 18 months ago was just like oh god what, what are we going to do with this Bantamweight division should we just get rid of it like there's people talking like that <laughs> and now we've Cruz Dillashaw Lineker Asensio Rivera Garbrandt Caraway you know, you still have Faber hanging on. You've Algernon oh, Sterling, John Dodson, Thomas Almeida. Michael McDonald, the forgotten man of, of the yeah. division. He's kind of gone to shit, though, Michael McDonald. He's, that, that while out, he's just never recovered from it. He isn't the same fighter. But you could, he's still young enough. You could see improvements coming. But, you know, that's, that's a, a, a tremendous division. Um, let's get on to the rest of this card, the final three fights. I think Sarah McMahon as well. Um, before we get to the top two, put on a phenomenal display against Alexis Davis. She was winning the fight, thrown very hard early, looking very good, and then she took Alexis Davis down. And Alexis gave her trouble off the uh, off her back. I think Alexis is a very good, uh, very good jujitsu game. You know, she almost caught McMahon in the triangle there at one stage, but but she got out. But McMahon eventually got the finish in the second round with an arm triangle, uh, almost at the midpoint of the the fight, like. Years ago, I remembered looking at McMahon and thinking, if Ronda Rousey wasn't there, she'd be the one. You know, she'd be the one leading the way. She's the one that has the most improvements to come. And I think those improvements kind of didn't come for ages, and they took they took so long to come that people maybe thought, okay, they're never going to come. And then she lost. I think she lost. Obviously, she lost Ronda, but she lost to I think Tate and Nunes as well after that. And it. You know, not good displays. I think she got choked up by Amanda Nunes in the first round, and I, I was like thinking, was I wrong? Was I losing hope? But her last two fights, I think she's looked very, very good, and um, I think she'll get a title shot in, in 2017. Probably one more win, and she'll get it late in 2017. Depend, obviously, depending on on Ronda Rousey and what she does. You know, if, if Rousey gets the belt again, it's probably going to be a, a McGregor type situation where she, you know, you don't know who she's going to fight, what weight, or anything like that. But um, I, I'm very yeah, impressed well, with Sarah McMahon. With Sarah McMahon, like she, she's mid 30s, so they kind of, they kind, I think they kind of pushed her a little quicker than her MMA game was ready. Like she's a, obviously a really good wrestler, but MMA wrestling takes a bit of time. It's it's just different. And, and when you're fighting people like Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes, like I think they're her only losses. Like they're they're not bad losses at all. Like, and she, but like obviously you um you don't want to lose three out of four ever. But like if you're gonna if you're gonna lose to if you're gonna lose to somebody or if you're gonna lose to three fights, you, you, losing them to them three, the three at the top of the division is the three you want to lose to. And since then, Jessica I like Jessica I is always tough. Like. Yeah, she, she's no, she's no easy fight. And then Alexis Davis as well. Like they're two good wins. Like a couple more, and she'd be back in contention. Like, and I know, and she's late. She's mid thirties, late thirties. So they probably might be in a bit of a, 
a bit of a rush to get her back in there. But I, I think she might be ready this time. I don't know if she I don't know if she'll win, but I think she'll put up a much better fight anyway. I don't think she'll be getting getting need in the body and that'll be it. Like against Ronda. Definitely not. I'd love to see her fighting someone like uh, Raquel Pennington, maybe next. I think that'd be uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be a good fight if they haven't already fought there. No, I don't think they have. Yeah, I think that'd be a good fight. No, I don't think so. No. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's you know, I think both of them be up for that fight as well. But obviously, McMahon actually might be out for a while now. It looked like she uh, she yeah, jacked she, up she, her eye in that fight. Yeah, apparently between rounds, she told her corner she couldn't feel half of her face. So. Yeah. It's yeah, she took that air pretty well and got <laughs> she's like that's like a bad night out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's good to have someone like that as well. You're like, you know, you need someone coming through. We have uh, Jessica Pinna, or what's her name? Jessica Pinna, Juliana Pinna. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm always Juliana, getting it mixed yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, I suppose it's the one that's that's up there. Maybe that could be an interesting fight for her as well. But you know, you there's there's a kind of a contender list in the women's bantamweight division at the moment, and I think she hasn't fought Gallo yet, has she? No, I don't think so. Actually, no. yeah. Well, there's definitely an opening there, you know, for someone to go and take it. You know, we talked last week about people going and taking it. I think there's an opening there as well for for someone to go and take it. You know, that yeah, fight definitely. is coming it's up. up in the air. That division at the moment, yeah. really. Like. It's only twenty days till that that title fight is coming, and who's coming next after that? You know, it's it's strange. It's, it's not that all that much hype for uh, no. for twenty days away. You think there'd be a lot more media? There'd be a lot more talk, even podcasts. Yeah, it always about. happens though. With Christmas, though, it always happened. Remember that yeah. Brock Lesnar Overeem fight? It was like, I was hyped for that, and like nobody else was talking about it. And so I was like, yes, <laughs> this is happening like three days' time, and nobody's even mentioned it. But yeah, I think, I think that tends to happen. Um, let's move on to the, the top two fights, the, the two flyweight fights. Before we get to the main event, Henry Cejudo, Joseph Benavidez. First of all, how'd you score it? Um, I, had the, I had the first round for Henry, but he lost a point, and then I had the next two for Joe. But it was very, very close. It was very close rounds. Yeah, I had it the exact same way. Um, a lot of people didn't have it that way, and I think I think they were wrong to be honest. But I, I do think <laughs> <laughs> I do think they were close rounds. I think the first Henry definitely hundred percent won the first. Obviously, uh, Joseph kicked him in the dick twice, and he got a point taken away, which I think was a fair point because that second one, like it was a straight kick straight down the barrel. Like that, yeah. I think we talked about it last week. Like they, they yeah. do know the rules, and when they're when they're warned and they do it again, it's even if it is by mistake. I know it's harsh on Henry. It's a big fight for him, building up to the other fighter. He's like one of kind of like been made an example of here nearly. But I think they need to they need to implement it so that people know that if they do persistently fail in grabbing the cage, eye pokes, kick to the cup stuff like that, that they, are, that they are running a high risk of getting a point taken, which is which is huge in a in a 10-point must system. So yeah. it would just make people be a lot more careful about what they're doing uh, to not commit fails. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, and Especially as well when it looks as bad as that second one looked, like that it was kind of coming straight down the barrel of the gun and it looked bad. And after the first one, I think you had to give it. But... So you can probably remember, I can't remember which fight it was, but somebody grabbed the cage to stop themselves getting taken down oh, earlier yeah. in the card. Yeah, I remember being folks tweeted about it. Like, jeez, I can't remember which fight it was. And it was blatant, but mm. uh, the ref was just like, don't grab the cage. And then it was just like, oh, well, he, he, he already did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's already gotten the advantage from it. So yeah. Yeah. there's got to be some kind of punishment. Like, yeah. Maybe half points. I don't know. Like, but then you're just messing with the whole system. You, you just need to, the, the whole system is a boxing system. So. 
old, but there hasn't been a, there hasn't been a system. P- people have suggested kind of systems over the years, but they have, none of them have stood out as the, the correct answer. Really. It's it's too complicated. Like just, it is tough. Yeah. yeah. But um. Yeah. But Henry, for, like Henry, like I know he lost his fight, and yeah, but he looked, he looked great. I thought in this fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked more aggressive than than ever. It's, it's his best performance, I think. Even though even though he won most of his UFC fights and lost this one, but he was yeah. he was more aggressive, better footwork, better combos, uh, just just better all round. I thought. Yeah, I agree. Like last week, you you talked about Henry maybe getting a title shot, maybe being the one who can beat uh, Demetrius Johnson down the line. Someone asked the question, I was like, no, I didn't see it at all. But after the weekend, I could, you know, I don't think he would, but I could see it. Like I could see where the logic is behind it because. It was a, as you said, the aggression was was something that's huge. He's never fought like that before. Like he came out and he was throwing big bombs. He, he harped Benavidez with, with a couple yeah. of them early. Um, Joe and it, like I think people was, a couple of people were saying, "Oh, Joe looked a bit old." I think um, Sahuda made him look old, to be honest, because he, he fought very very well, getting on the front foot, wasn't letting Joe get his shots off. You know that that kind of Dwayne Ludwig trained uh, fighters they love to like get their foot and get you to fight at their pace but Sahuda just wasn't letting it happen he was going straight forward and uh, and taking the fight but the, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago with with that, what is it, what's his name oh, he used to be a cage warrior champion he was fighting in Brazil Jack Hermanson yeah well, I think it was Hermanson they Someone will correct me if I was wrong. The middleweight guy who I said came out in the first round fighting, you know, fighting like a flyweight, and then it was kind of he couldn't keep that up for the next two rounds after that. Um, but I think I finished in the second, maybe. But Sahuda, for Sahuda, I think he was the same. He came out, and he's a big flyweight as well. Don't forget, like Sahuda struggled to make weight. Maybe he not be big in big in height, but he's I think he's big in in size. Maybe you know, big broad shoulders and stuff, and he struggles to make that weight, but. I think that might have played into a little bit as well, got a little bit tired, a little bit slower, a little bit less aggressive as the fight went on. And I think that's why Benavidez ended up winning it. Like a lot of the a lot of the shots in the second round, he was whiffing at him. You know, he wasn't throwing definitely didn't throw as many into the second and third. And Benavidez Benavidez's speed, like he was allowed to get that footing that, that the Dwayne Ban Ludwig fighters love to get <clears throat> more and more. Now he didn't have it he, you know, all his own way by any means and I kinda joked earlier that people were wrong to score the fights uh, for him. You know, you could have given that fight to Suhuda. The second round, I think, was was close. But um, I, I just think Benavidez, his speed, because of Henry Suhuda slowing down, uh, won him the fight in, in the second round. If Suhuda had been able to keep up the pace of the first round, I think he would have won it. Maybe he even got the stoppage, you know, but um, he just couldn't keep it up. And, and Benavidez, I think if, if Henry was more used to fighting in this, stand, in this, um, in this yeah. way... He wouldn't have tired. Not that not that he got really tired or anything, but he wouldn't have slowed down. Like it takes a while to adjust to a new style of, of an aggressive style. Like if, a lot of his fights for Henry and the UFC, uh, they came a bit easy. Where if any kind of trouble arises, he just gets a takedown, and then he can just like take the round, you know. And that wasn't going to happen against Joe Benavidez. Like if he did get Joe down, he was going to scramble. It was gonna, it wasn't going to be easy. So it, it was a great game plan by Henry Cejudo, but. Joe Benavidez is just a wily veteran. Like, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's been in many fights, like, many raids or close fights like this, and he knows how to pull them out. Like, he knows how to convince the judges that he's done just enough in them rounds. Like, and he did it again. Like, yeah. I don't think it speaks well to offer his chances against Mighty Mouse because I think Mighty Mouse can't come Joe Benavidez is. Yeah. 
I think Mighty Mouse yeah. can come out and, and do a similar game plan to what Henry did in the first round, and I think he can keep doing it for five rounds. So, you know, that's that's not going to argue well for for Vinavides. Yeah, I suppose, I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. That's not going to be this fight. I'm not really scrambling to see that. I prefer to see Henry again in a couple of fights. Or yeah, I don't know. You have to give them at some point, though. Like who's who's next? I suppose we like we'll get into that. But who is next? There's there's no one really. Like Jim Benavides won one, two, three, four, five, six in a row now since he last lost to Johnson. How can you yeah. deny him? It'd be it'd be harsh on him. Yeah, I know it'd be harsh on him. But like Haraguchi's only had one. Like he's had two title shots. Uh, and even even though it is like a really nice star matchup, it's, it'd be a good fight to watch. Like I don't know if people are going to be. What do you think? Of, falling over themselves to watch that. What do you think of Benavides? Like, Wilson Hayes is a fresh matchup, you know. You know. Yeah, Benavides against Haraguchi, I think, is what you do. Yeah. 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 You're risking Haraguchi losing that. I think he beats Benavides. Probably. Uh, I'd have to look look into it more, but I, I my gut would say Haraguchi, but. It's a tough fight for Haraguchi. Like you could end up setting Haraguchi back, and I suppose then you're then you're left with Benavidez Johnson. It's not the end of the world. Like, yeah. Um. It's, yeah. Well, maybe it is the time to do the the Benavides one again while while Henry improves and Cejudo's Cejudo's or not Cejudo uh, Haraguchi's um he he's improving all the time as well. Wilson Hayes, you could get him in. Him yeah. in, but I don't know. I'd I, I'd say. Even though they fought twice, said it'd be more interesting than Joe Benavidez fighting. Ariel was talking recently, or I think it was Ariel. Somebody was talking recently about how the UFC were or the WME IMG were were going to be putting on the biggest fights they can, and won't necessarily be one against two. Not that it ever was, but it won't even be as much that they're going to try and put on the biggest fights possible. So maybe we will get to see the Demetrius Johnson Dominic Cruz fight. Maybe. Um... Let's let's go ahead and get onto the main event. So, and on on that topic of Dimitri Johnson fighting Dominic Cruz, I think the first round of Dimitri Johnson versus Tim Elliott is why they shouldn't probably make that Dominic Cruz fight again. Like, I think it was Tim Elliott's size and his awkwardness that gave him the success in the first round. Um, like, people tend to forget about Dimitri Johnson how small he actually is. Like. People were saying Demetri Chance is too small for 135. I think Demetri Chance is too small for 125. I think if there was a 115 pound division, Demetri Chance would be fighting in that. I think that's how small. Like he's not a big guy. I remember him once. He was saying he was cutting from one. What was it? 137 or something to get down to to flyweight. Yeah, there's probably like, a good few guys in there in there that would that would go to 115 if it yeah. if it did exist in the UFC in that division. Uh, like, like there's not real extreme weight cuts. Like, no. like Lineker's gone from the division now, so he he was the only one that was really, really cutting to get there. That that springs to mind. Remember Wilson Hayes is actually he's cutting he's cutting big to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but besides think... that, a lot of them are a lot of them are. I'd say they're not cutting that much, but it is harder for for a fly a small smaller guys small fly, yeah, or to cut. Tim Elliott cuts a lot as well. I think I didn't realize until they were actually sitting, standing face to face in the cage, how much bigger Tim Elliott actually was. Than him. And like he looked a full two or three weight classes bigger than Demetrius yeah. Johnson. And when I mean, they're so small as well, you know, the size difference looks more. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if you would see someone who's, you know, 
six mm. foot two and someone who's six foot five, you know, it isn't that much. But when you have someone who's five foot two and then five foot five or six, you know, it looks like a huge difference between them. But um, I think a big part of the fight was as well. A lot of people go in. It's kind of like Anderson Silva in the in the old day. People go in thinking that they're probably going to lose, like you know. But I think Tim Elliott went in being like. I can win this, you know, and he and he went for it, like you know, he went when he grabbed hold of that that neck in the first round. He was going for that, like you know, he was he wasn't like oh, I'm not gonna be able to I'm not gonna be able to get this on Demetrius Johnson. He was going for takedowns. He wasn't thinking I'm not gonna be able to get the takedown. I think some fighters think, uh, maybe maybe it's more of a subconscious thing. But did they just don't fight to the, the same yeah. level that they fought on the way to the title shot? But I think 100%. Kim Elliott fought up. He fought up. He rose to the occasion. And he wasn't afraid of Demetrius Johnson, which which was huge, I think, in the fight. I, like, I literally, I could not agree with you more. Like, I wrote in my preview beforehand, like, Tim Elliott had absolutely no chance of winning that fight. And that was a benefit for him. You know, that, that helped. Like, if he had a chance, he wouldn't have fought that well. You know, if people are saying, oh, you know, Tim Elliott might, you know, he might win this. He might come in here, you know, pluck the underdog. He might, you know, I might do it. He's, he's not that far off. He would have lost that even more. He probably, he probably would have got finished, you know. It's just that he had nothing to lose. You know, he went in there and he threw everything. And I think a lot of people were impressed by Tim Elliott because he did that. You know, he went for it. He went every second of that fight, he went for it, you know. Yeah. And you have to love that. And like, I had people talk to me afterwards as well saying, oh, Demetrius Johnson, no, he's not the pound for pound number one fight because of that fight. He, you know, a guy off tough gave him a hard time. Tim Elliott's no joke. Tim Elliott should have been in the UFC. Like, he never yeah. should have been caught from the UFC. Tim Elliott's always been a good fighter. Like, okay, Demetrius Johnson probably look, should have looked better. No, he probably should have dominated from the start. But it's not Second they saw the cast of Tough 24, you were like, yeah, Tim Elliott's going to win that. Yeah. Like, that was, that was, <laughs> that was it, like, you know. Yeah. He's, yeah. He definitely should have been in the UFC, mm-hmm. um, and he proved that. Like you know, uh, the first round, like that's he definitely won that round. I know. I think. Like, did you give him a, a second round? I, I I had four one for Demetrius, but I gave him the third round. Third, well. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. The th- on the third round, um, Demetrius took him down and slid in him for most of the round and didn't throw a punch. And like <laughs> Elliot was hitting him. Elliot won like maybe 90 seconds at the start of the round and striking like he was doing pretty well and then he got taken out and he landed a good few elbows he was like slapping him in the ears and stuff I was like yeah them slaps though they were like there was a lot of them slaps and they yeah. were they were very I don't know but I'm like who, who do I score this for do I score for a guy who's lying on top of him and hasn't thrown a punch in three minutes or oh, do well, I score he, he, uh, that's a bit of exaggeration oh, but not much he scored he, he, he went for a submission and all didn't he, he took his back and we need his chance he the furthest he got was side control in the in the third round, I think. But like, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't score like it was definitely close. It was a 50-50. I think I was the only one who scored yeah. for him. Maybe it's a little bit of the like, um, bias as well. But yeah, I, th- I think it might be. I think that um that side control uh, gripping his own leg while while triangling his own legs when DJ was in side control on him. Yeah. To stop the ground apparently that was very that was brilliant, brilliant yeah why are people doing that? that that was so effective Demetrius yeah. Johnson hadn't prepared for that at all you could see him kind of being being stuck there like you know he was yeah. couldn't get anything off he was landing these little tiny tiny punches that were ineffective because he couldn't posture up yeah did you that see was, how like he was he was like curling up his fist and putting it under his knee so when Demetrius yeah, yeah. tried to pull yeah, he couldn't get it out yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah yeah it was brilliant I've never I don't think I've ever seen that before you know it's kind of like a it's like a gi jiu-jitsu move or something that I know absolutely nothing about, and it's probably not like a gi jiu-jitsu move. But anyway, I said it, fuck it. But, yeah, he kind of yeah. fights a little bit like Tim Elliott as well, or Tim Elliott fights a little bit like Dom Cruz as well. Yeah, he, he does. He, not to the to the extent of Dominic Cruz, but he has a lot of similar attributes, and 
he mixed in his takedowns well, and it, it 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 caused that style caused has caused problems for Demetrius Johnson against Dominic Cruz, and it caused problems again. Yeah, as yeah, hundred percent. And like he he said himself afterwards, he didn't. Um, he did an interview with Megan O'Leary, and he said once he saw he could get the takedown, and once he saw he could manhandle him, he knew that's where he was going to win it because he was struggling on the feet as well because Tim Elliott's art on orthodox. Okay, Tim Elliott nearly choked him out in, in round one. And that was all and good. But he nearly knocked him out as well. He landed a huge shot in like the last 30 seconds of the round. And a lot of people, ah, oh, kind of, did he, did he catch him? I think they said in commentary, he fucking did catch him. You know, he nearly knocked him clean out. But uh, I think Johnson, <laughs> see the problem, when I said about Cruz there earlier on, that this fight kind of makes me not want to see the Cruz fight again is because Johnson said in that interview with Megan O'Leary that he was able to manhandle him and he kept doing it. He's not going to be able to manhandle Dominic Cruz like that. No way in hell like, is no. he going to do that. You know, I just think the size difference is too much. I, like, I want to see a fair fight. and like, I think it'd be a good fight or whatever. The first fight was actually a very, very good fight. It was an underrated good fight, I think, that Dominic Cruz ended up winning well. I just think the size difference is too much and I think it, it takes away from what a great fighter Demetrius Johnson actually is if you're putting him in there with such a huge handicap on him like uh, I just I don't I don't want to see yeah, that this, this, this two weight class champion thing isn't, isn't easy uh, yeah. <laughs> it's where it was the way some people go on but um, it takes a special special kind of fighter to, to, to move up and, and win a belt like John Jones was talking about it before moving to heavyweight when he was young but he's kind of backed away from it recently you know it, it's it's a huge task. I know heavyweight's a bit bit different because there's several stone jump in some cases, but but um, Dominic Cruz has been talking about moving up to one forty five as well. Like you know, I don't really see that working out for Dominic. I don't really see it working out for many people moving up. To be honest, like it's, it's, there's no there's no like kind of weak champion at the moment around there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, a, it's, it's definitely tough. It's, one. So it's tough to change weight classes. Like you, you, yeah. These guys are so used to fighting at a certain weight, like they know the the weight of their arms, and like when they throw the punch, they're just it's 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 like uh, they don't even have to think about it. But then everything changes slightly when they're a different weight. Yeah, hundred percent. That's my theory, yeah, anyway. I agree. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's move on to next week's fights. We have two fight cards coming up next week. We have one from uh, Albany uh, UFC Fight Night card, and we also have UFC two hundred six. Before we get to UFC two hundred six, how terrible is the UFC Albany card? Um, yeah. I, like, literally this is I think this is the first time in since I've been watching MMA maybe that I don't know the guy in the main event that I don't think I've ever seen him fight you know um, I, like yeah. I have no idea who this is Sh- Shamil Ad Abdur Abdur Akimov Shamil Abdur Akimov <laughs> like I'm yeah. Ryan Ryan's covering the car for Severe May this week fair play to you Ryan I haven't, I haven't watched, <laughs> I haven't watched any tape in him ranting. I have no idea. He's had, he's had, a, he's had a few fights in the UFC. Yeah. In fairness, he's, he's not like out of nowhere, but he's definitely not um, anywhere near a household name or even a even a name well known to, to MMA fans who aren't the hardest of hardcore. Like he lost to Timothy Johnson. He's been on a bunch, been on a bunch of fight nights, like irrelevant fight nights over over the last few years. Like lost to Timothy Johnson, beat uh, Anthony Hamilton. Uh, beat Walt Harris, so like that's a good win. It's a good decision of Walt Harris. Like you've, you definitely, you definitely know how to fight if you can, if you can go the distance with Walt Harris. But Derek Lewis, I think uh, he's a bit of a different beast. I, I, I don't know Shamil at all, 
But I think he could beat Derek Lewis because I don't rate Derek Lewis at all. I, I don't think Derek. The Lewis cardio is, is a problem, but you know, his skills are a problem. He's not that good. Like, <laughs> I right, don't know. It's heavyweight though, you got to, uh, you got to. It's heavyweight. Come on. He, I like Derek. I'm Lewis. not talking about making a title charge here or anything. But. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's. I I've said this before, but like in heavyweight, there's like lads fighting and hanging you know, on in it. Out the back of a fucking titty bar, you know, at, at you know twelve o'clock at night, on fucking www dot fights in a garage dot com, you know, and then there's guys fighting, and, uh, you know, ranking number fifteen in the UFC at heavyweight, and those boys aren't that far away in terms of of quality, and I think, I think Derek Lewis is kind of verging on them, you know, I like I I don't know, I just. I think Derek Lewis is the most overrated fighter in the UFC. I think he comes up against anyone any good they'll be. Like, I think Ryan Nelson beat him in that fight, but but he got the decision. And Ryan Nelson looked fucking horrendous. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Gonzaga. I know Gonzaga is finished. Good over there, yeah. yeah. And, uh, like I, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to see. I, I, I like Derek Lewis because he's funny and stuff like that. And you know, he's four wins, four wins in a row. I think. Um, was he the one who he was? He got sweet in music by Sean Jordan, didn't he? And Sean Jordan got hook kicked by John Jordan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Maybe the come a man in the comment event could be his next um his next uh, opponent, Francis Ingano. I think he's probably the best fighter, the best prospect on this card. He's fighting Anthony Hamilton, you know, who's a good good solid pro. Um, who, lost this, the, who lost to the your boy Abdur Amakov or whatever. Oh, did he? Jesus, fair play to him. But uh, that always rated Shamil, good, good fighter. Uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> like the, the, I think this is the first real test of of Francis Ngannou's career. Now Hamilton's by no means a world beater or anything, but you know he's a solid top top thirty heavyweight in the world. Like you know, and uh, I think it, Ngannou is very very um, green still as an MMA fighter. He's world, yeah. you know he's using his athleticism a lot to win him fights and his power. And I think this one where you might have to you might have to show his skills a little bit to get this one. Yeah, definitely. Like. <laughs> He's beaten everybody in front of him, like pretty convincingly. Uh, Francis Ngannou, mm-hmm. but, but um, you know Curtis Blades, um, Mihailovic, they're, they're not the, they're not exactly the the gold standard of the division. But Anthony Hamilton's kind of probably the last showcase or style, nice style matchup that he'll get. So I'd expect him to win this pretty pretty handily, Francis, but. I'd say after this, he'll be he'll be thrown to the to the like it's not it's not exactly a deep a deep uh, top fifteen heavyweights, but yeah. he'll be given he'll be given a top fifteen, or maybe yeah. he's already top fifteen. Is he probably is he? Mm, let me look. Probably. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, he is. He's twelve. Jesus. Twelve. Oh, my God. But Volkov is twelve. Yeah. Well. I don't know what that's about. I know the UC rankings are. Uh, yeah. Uh, we want to go into it. Yeah, they're they're, they're not good. No. Uh, and we don't want to go into it. And we don't want to go into any of the other fights in this card. John Lantel is <laughs> fighting as well. Corey Anderson is fighting. Juliana Lima is fighting. JJ Alvarez probably the best fight in that card. Randy Brown. Mark Jacquez is fighting uh, Perez. That should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, Mark Jacquez. Uh, yes, Frankie I Perez. Him, yeah. Oh, that's a good fight. Yeah, Frankie. Yeah. Frankie that should be Perez higher on the card. Higher, no? Uh, MMA retirements, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a, this is a good point. But yeah, that, that's all we have to talk about that one, right? Let's get on to UFC 206. I suppose we spoke about it a good bit last week, but uh, let's just, let's just look at it again. 
Undercard before we get this. The one that sticks out to me is John McDessey versus Lando Venata. That should be an absolute yeah. fucking barn burner of a fight. John McDessey always brings it, throws spinning kicks, yeah. kicks to the body. Oh, looking to stand as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lando's the guy, if you forget about him, he's the guy who fought um, Tony, Ferguson Tony Ferguson and almost knocked him out sure. on short notice. Yeah. yeah. So that should be a. No, a no, fun no. Fight. There, was a, there was a slippy canvas. Slippy. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, Tony Ferguson apparently was, was just uh, somebody left a, a bit of water on the canvas there. Yeah, he slipped in all those right hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, he just, just couldn't get his foot in for a second there. Get his foot. In, yeah, you have the, you have the um, UFC Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Championship up on up for grabs as well as Nikita Krylov takes on Mirza Sarkanov. Love that fight. That's a that's a great. Yeah, fight. like to be honest, like Krylov's come a long way. Like remember he when he came in as a heavyweight, he yeah. was he was terrible. He was terrible. He, he got Van Flucho. Didn't he get Van Flucho? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just awful. His corner screaming, let go of the guillotine, and he just wouldn't, <laughs> and he got jumped out. It was just like, oh, what is this guy doing in the UFC? But then he dropped weight classes, got, got into shape, and he's gotten way better. Like, he's literally, mm-hmm. man, he's a different yeah. <laughs> he's a different guy. Like, win this, and he could be fighting, he could be one fight away from a UFC title shot. You know, really, he's that close. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's actually. But yeah. as you say, he, he, you know, there was the eat, pray, cry, love kind of thing going around there. He was kind of a, a meme <laughs> for a while on the internet between hardcore. But he's actually a good fighter. I think cry, love is now. I'm very impressed with. Uh, Ryan Bader, I think, is ahead of the in the pecking order. But yeah, he's close enough. Like uh, he could be fighting love, like a couple of wins. Yeah, yeah, he could be like the top of the heavyweight divisions, a bit of a, or the light heavyweight divisions, a mess. So. Now's a good time to, to position yourself in uh for a number one contender bout or uh or even a title shot. But I I don't know, I just uh, I don't unless he keeps improving massively, uh, I'd pick all the top five guys, six guys. I think oh, yeah. I pick OSP to beat him again. I think he was the one who both who choked him, wasn't he? Uh possibly. Yeah. But yeah, I think he'll, be, he'll stick around in the top ten, which is which I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have thought that when he first came into the UFC, so he's Maybe he'll surprise us again and make even more leaps leaps uh, in his game. Yeah, uh, Emil Mech as well is making his UFC debut on this card oh, yeah, yeah, against yeah. Jordan Marine. Jo- Jordan Marine, huh? Jordan, Jordan Marine. Jordan Marine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's in Canada. You never know. But yeah, I like Emil Mech. Um, Jordan Marine making his comeback after his retirement. That's uh, MMA retirement. So I think you're right about them. They don't. Really yeah. Know. Yeah, but yeah. three. Give me three, four years. I believe it. Yeah, that should be a good five. Uh, what, what do you think as well is there's two of two people from the double M triple A um, conglomerate <laughs> fighting in this card? Well, imagine we come Joe Rogan and uh, and Dana White are standing there with you know bald men with red faces, three a.m. Saturday morning, and the next thing um, someone comes running over, Dana, Dana, we need you. And then it comes to the background and Donald Cerrone and Tim Kennedy are standing there with Bjorn Rebney and they're like, we're not going to fight. We're not fighting. This, this pay-per-view is not happening. We're not fighting. What, what happened? Is that a possibility? No, I don't think so. They just go on without them and nobody really cares, I think. But you'd have three fights on the pay-per-view then? Yeah, but uh, I think it would be... It, it'd be... Uh... I wonder, is that a worry for him, like... No, I don't, I don't think so. It'd, it'd be such a high risk move, I think, to 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 do that at the last second. It's kind of, um, 
I just don't see it happening. Uh, these guys, like, this is how they get paid. Like, you know, turn up to these fights, like, getting getting the show money, getting their win money, getting their Reebok money, maybe getting a performance night. Like, they're, they're in this, yeah, I need to call it a union there, but they're in this association to try and make, to try and get paid more money, not to try and get paid less money. That is true, yeah. I don't think it'll happen either, but I think it's, you know, I think it's something worth thinking about maybe more than anything but yeah, I don't think it'll happen either. Don Froney has a massive fake eye injury. What is what is that about? Did you see it though, like recently? He posted it, he posted it like when it was just meant to have happened and there was no swelling whatsoever so I just I just don't believe it. Did you see though recently there's one like where it looks like he's like a swollen eye and it looks like a recovering sore eye? Yeah he could have just got like you know how many times a year do a fighter have a swollen or black eye like yeah, I think he was on a TV show as well. Maybe it was just part of the yeah, TV Godless, show. Godless, uh, I think it was called Godless on Netflix or something. And yeah. people were saying that uh, he had a tattoo on his neck that was for it, or like a fake tattoo on his neck for it as well, so that it was part of the the character. But he's he's playing he's playing along. He he obviously saw all the people speculating. Mm-hmm. Pretty smart to keep his name. He started the speculation as well, like <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Uh, how do you think he's yeah. with Matt Brown goes? Ah, um, they're both vulnerable to body kicks, mm-hmm. so uh, mm, I don't know. It's hard to know what Matt Brown is. It used to be hard to know with Cerrone, but he's consistent now. He's yeah. been consistent for the last couple of years, so I'd have to go with Cerrone just on just on that. Really, like for like, but Matt Brown can definitely win this fight if he turns up and, and goes at Cerrone. Cerrone's a notoriously so starter. Like he, 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 he's he's lost many fights from from starting too slow and being finished in the first round or being around down, be fighting uphill because he started slow. So he, Matt Brown, like I think you said it last week, he might be on the decline yeah. now. Maybe that Ellenberger one was just though, you know, you, you never really know what's going on. You could have some injuries, some illnesses, just had a bad day at the office. Like I don't think we could we, we fully write him up, Matt Brown off yet, but uh, this will be a good, this will be a good test to show where he is. If he can win this fight, he's, he's, he's definitely, that was definitely a, a one-off that 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 uh, performance against Jake Allenberger. The performance against Jake Allenberger was just—he just had a terrible game plan. It was what was he doing? Like, I don't yeah, know. yeah. To, like I can't get the feeling out of my head that it was a decline, but it might, as you said, it mightn't be. We'll know more after this one. But either way, I think I think this is a tough fight for for uh, Matt Brown. Like what Matt Brown was always good at was getting himself into the fire and then doing well in the fire and getting himself out of it, you know, but I, there's a couple of fights now where he hasn't been able to do that, you know mm. I know he... Take he one to give one, but now now yeah. you come out of it rocked him, I mean, before a few years ago you didn't. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and against Cerrone that's tough because like Cerrone's the type of guy who'll who'll rock you, who'll hurt you, and then he'll take you down, you know, he's, he's the takedowns are getting very good, he's yeah. good jiu-jitsu uh, Much improved uh, yeah. jiu-jitsu grappler like he used to be the guy that was Kind of fans thought of him like they, they thought of Conor McGregor a couple of years ago, where if you if you touch him, he's going to fall over and you, he's going to be taken down, and he's going to not know what he's doing. That was Donald Cerrone in, yeah. in WEC in a lot of people's minds. Like, and he's now he's just he, he's just a completely different fighter now. His his, his mental uh, hang up seem to be gone. His slow starts are improving. Um, the mental side of the game was was always a huge thing for Cerrone, but but the grappling. Was was a hole that he's closed, and now he's actually a better grappler than than most in his in both the lightweight division and the welterweight division. 
Yeah, I agree. I think. I, look, I think it'll be a good fight. I hope if Matt Brown shows up, this could be a classic fight. Like it could be a yeah, really, it really could good be a real scrap. Yeah. Like yeah, I think Cerrone win either way, but yeah, it should be a good fight. Tim Kinney against Calvin Gaston. We, we actually spoke about that last week. Don't need to spoke about it too much. Do you think Tim Kinney's size will be too much for him? Ah, <sighs> um, Calvin's such a. He, He's so hard to judge until you see him on the scale. Like sometimes he comes in and he's just made weight. He looks a bit pudgy. Other times he's the odd time he's ripped and he he's ready. I had a lot of I had a lot of high hopes for for Calvin Gaston coming off the open fighter. He seemed like a natural. He was young in the game. He was be the Uriah Hall, um, a middleweight. Like he was up a weight class. Like. Yeah, but you Uriah Hall had a bit of a bit of scariness to him after yeah, after the Ultimate did. Fighter. Like people were intimidated by him, like you know, like the Ultimate Fighter, like uh, competitors that that he fought, they were afraid of him on that show. Like, yeah, they were. So Sorry. yeah, Kim Kennedy though he he may not have like any outstanding attributes anywhere, but he's very he's very competent everywhere, and he and he's tough. I heard he's a great shot on the sniper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, the 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 Duho Choi, the Duho Choi, Cub Swanson. I love it. Yeah, I still haven't managed to get my hands on a Kevin Swanson Reebok gear. Anybody out there has a Kevin Swanson <laughs> Reebok gear? Get me up. I'm also I looking for a Gibbler. Gibbler, yeah. Uh, I'm looking for a Shamil Abdur Humanzan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're all sold out. Stock. Yeah. We, look, we we Cubby and Duho Choi. <sighs> look, Cubby, I think he's not the best fighter in the world. We all, look, we all know that. But he's a good fighter. And it's a big test, I think, for, for Duho Choi. Um, look, he could come out and he could knock Cubby out in the first 10 seconds and he'd look all great. But what if he doesn't? You know, I, I don't know how good Duho Choi is yet. Do you, like, I it's think he's good. He looks very like good, it's, but it's hard to know. It's, yeah, when you're fighting... When you're fighting setup fights, let's be honest. Like you know, they brought him in to win the first few times. This is the first one where they're like, okay, let's see, let's see where you're at. But Cub Swanson, you know, he's he's not the same as he was. Yeah, I think he's kind of fallen off, fallen off the cliff a bit, or he's starting to roll down the cliff anyway. Um, like he, he he's not finished, but I think as as a title contender, I don't see him, I don't see him ever getting back to that to that uh, number one. Uh, contendership fight again, like people. I think his last two what was his last fight. Let me just pull up here. He he fought Kawajiri. Uh, Kawa, yeah, yeah the unanimous decision. Like you, Hakran Diaz before that unanimous decision, and then then he lost two before that against very tough guys of Holloway and Holloway and Egger, and then he had that a uh, close decision win over Jeremy Stevens before that. So he, he's going to be competitive. He's going to be competitive against everybody outside of the top three or four. Or even he'd be competitive even even in like even in the Frank Yeager. Well, he wasn't that competitive, but at the very start of the fight, he he was competitive against Frank Yeager. I I, I just I don't I I, I picked Duho Choi. I, I just don't I don't I don't see the the fire in Cole Black. He seems to be he seems to be a bit over it over LA. I kind of get that feeling from him. No, he seems a bit pissed off and disinterested and. He's just had enough of it nearly. He's not that um he's not that bright bright uh what would you say? Bright eyed uh, and bushy tail. Yeah. Yeah. Do what Choi is like, you know, he's he's loving life, he's he's uh 
he's going out there fighting fighting aggressively, unafraid. I think Cub Swanson is, is a bit tentative and he's becoming more and more tentative as the fights go on. You'd say uh, he's, a fu- th- he's a footy fed bear now, is he? He's not a cub anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, um, to still, today, the only knockout cub has suffered is the double knee, double flying knee against Jose Alda. Yeah, that wasn't really a knockout either. It was like a TKO, wasn't it, really? Well, yeah, whatever. He was kind of looking at the camera like on his on all fours after he got hit with it. Eight seconds. It only took him eight seconds to give up. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but for, like in fairness, okay, whatever about that. But that's the only time he's ever been knocked out. Like he's you know he's had thirty fights in MMA, fought some of the best in the world, and you have to give it to him. Like Jeremy Stevens, hard hitter, you know Dustin Poirier, um, Ross Pearson, you know a lot of yeah. lot of good guys he's fought. You know Chad Mendes, you know. Yeah, when he does when he does lose, it's usually by submission after after it's kind of he's been ground down a bit. Mm-hmm. But um, no, just uh, he seems a bit lackluster in his last few fights, and maybe that's what the word I'm looking for. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to have that fire in him anymore. Yeah. But uh, you never know. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe it was personal, personal life going on. It's so hard to know with these fighters. You know what's going on behind the scenes and illnesses and stuff like that. He broke his jaw as well. Yeah. He had yeah, that wired shot you know. for like six weeks. Yeah. yeah so. What fight was that actually? Uh, I think it was the uh, Frankie Edgar. No, it was mm, I don't know. No, yeah, it was the Max Holloway fight because he took a year out after that. So yeah, I think that was it. But uh, look, I'm picking Dua Chai here. Probably, I think. It's, yeah, uh, uh, like you haven't all said that about Cup. Like Dua Chai is such an unknown variable mm-hmm. still as well. So, like if Chai is anywhere, if, if Choi is where where I think he is, I think he'll win. He'll win, yeah. but. I think there's a little bit of a, um, a hope in these, these days that everyone's going to be Conor McGregor, you know. But everyone, most people don't yeah. keep knocking people out quick like that, yeah. you know. That that doesn't happen for. It wouldn't be special. It wouldn't be so special and exciting <laughs> if, if it happened all the time. Yeah, like as you said there, like earlier in the show, that some people, you know, when they get to the big fights, they just can't. You know, sometimes they don't rise to the occasion, but sometimes. They don't. They just can't do it. They can't get the knockout. Like remember Johnny Hendricks, you know, knocking everyone out. Good people. John Fitch, you know, John Fitch was John Fitch, knocked him clean out. But then he got to the big fights and he couldn't do it. Okay, he won decisions off. He maybe he changed. Throw seventy percent punches. Remember? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but it seems to happen, and it's not just because they fight differently. And but that is a way sometimes. But it's just people are better. Like you know, people. Yeah. And Cub Swanson is definitely the biggest test of his career. I wouldn't be surprised if Cub won this fight but I think Duho Chai is good and I, as you say I don't think Cobb is, is as good as he used to be so I think it'll uh, it should be a fun fight though you know I wouldn't be this yeah, one yeah, I wouldn't yeah. bet on you know but um, yeah let's yeah, listen, Holloway though that's to the main event yeah yeah, yeah. Let, the, the, the interim belting is, is nonsense but, mm-hmm. but the fight itself is, is, should be brilliant I'm really I'm really looking forward to this one um, Pettis like I'd love to see the old Pettis back, the the WBC early days UFC Pettis before uh, before he lost to RDA, where he took crazy chances with crazy kicks and he just seemed fearless. Now he's now, now he seems a bit more tentative, a bit. I think he, I think he might even though he's not even old, I think he might be on the decline, and I think Holloway's still on still on the rise. And I, I I think I'm going to have to go with Holloway in this one. Out of all the top fires at lightweight and featherweight, I think Max Holloway 
is the best one for Anthony Pettis to to look good against and to win. To be honest, Pettis will win. I'm picking Pettis. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I asked myself. I was writing my preview earlier, and I asked myself two questions. Right. <clears throat> There's a blue blueprint to be Anthony Pettis, and we know it. <clears throat> so while I choke to death here, okay, it's to pressure him with strikes, put him against defense, take him down. Right. Uh, okay, and the, uh, the taking him down, putting him against the fence thing, that's, that's a big part of it, I think. And that's what RDA did to him. You know, that's what uh, Eddie Alvarez did to him. That's what Gilbert Menendez did to him in the first round when he had um, when he had good success and stuff. But who has done it to him with just striking, right? Okay, Edson Barbosa, Barbosa. did it to him. Edson Barbosa did it to him. But I think Edson Barbosa... Is on another level of striking, to be honest. I, th- I think he's he's really really good, and he's a different type of fighter as well. He didn't really do it with with pressure that much. He did it kind of in the pocket or letting Pettis come onto him. And I think what Max Holloway will do is he'll bring that pressure, but he won't bring the takedowns. He he won't bring defense work as much as guys like RDA and Eddie Alvarez did, and that that's a huge part of it. So right then, that that's one part of it. So can he beat him with that blueprint that the other guys have beaten him with? I don't think he can, right? And then you have to ask yourself: You've met Max Holloway gone five rounds against Anthony Pettis, where he's not Anthony Pettis is not getting taken down, right? Where he's fighting off for the back foot, where Max Holloway is going to stand in the pocket and fight with him. That is a very dangerous fight for anyone in the world fighting Anthony Pettis. Yeah. He's a like he's a very good counter striker when he's. Is not... it, I think it's his hands though that let him, that let Pettis down. Yeah, it as, is. As part of his, not, not that they're terrible or anything, but that they're the weakest part of his striking. I think Holloway is going to be able to exploit that. But hearing you talk about that, Pettis has been known to go for takedowns in the past himself. Like the Jeremy yeah. Stevens fight, he like he was like, okay, this isn't working out great. Someone's going to take him down here. I, I think Pettis has a huge advantage on the ground as well. Like, remember Max Holloway. Oh, Pettis is, this, is a very good submission artist. Yeah, yeah a very good submission. Ma- don't forget about Max Holloway. Like, people talk about Conor McGregor being a bad wrestler and stuff. Conor McGregor took Max Holloway down for two, you know, two and a half rounds or one and a half round, whatever it was. Oh, like, who's Max Holloway been training with since? How how much? Like, oh, his wrestling has probably improved, no doubt. But has it improved? You know, has it improved enough to be like? so good that he can't get taken down I'm not sure like now to be fair I don't think Pettis I think Pettis will probably have trouble taking down because Pettis not he he can get takedowns but I don't think he's the best in the world and I, you know, I'd be surprised yeah, if he did get a lot of takedowns getting marked up on the, on the feet the options there for Pettis as you're saying yeah yeah. like I, I just think uh, as you said the abs- absence I think the absence of clinch work and the absence of takedowns from Holloway is going to be a huge a huge uh, thing for Anthony Pettis like Anthony Pettis he, a lot of his time, his problem is he can't get comfortable. I say it, he try, like he tries to fight in other people's realms too much. Like he'll try if you push him against the fence, he'll fight you against the fence. He won't try to push you off the fence and then fight his fight. But if like Max Holloway could fight his fight, you know Holloway, Holloway now saying that right, Holloway is a very good, he's a very good pressure striker, and that's what he's kind of developed into. His power is after getting very good as well, but. And, and I think he could win the fight that way. Like he, he could win the fight getting Pettis backing up. You know, he could avoid all the Pettis strikes. You know, Pettis can be a little bit... Um, he can... He, you know, you can read him... Before, you used to be able to read Pettis, as you were kind of alluding to back then. He, you know, he used to throw different shots from everywhere. And, and I think Max Holloway could definitely win the fight that way. You know, five rounds, 
Pettis never been knocked out, never been submitted. But I, I you know, Holloway could win a decision. But I find it very hard to to see a fight where Anthony Pettis spins five rounds striking with someone, and he doesn't land that big shot. Or you know, I, I don't know. I just think Pettis can land a big shot, and I think he can knock him out. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it happening as well. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely a really good fight. Like, it's not a foregone conclusion either way. There's, there's a lot of ways this fight could go, which makes it very interesting. And, and the fact that the Pettis, like, I, since the RDA fight, like, I think he would have beaten Eddie Alvarez, even though he did beat Eddie Alvarez, in my opinion. I think he would have beaten him, would have beaten him more convincingly. The old Pettis, the before, the before the the RDA Pettis, and then the Barboza fight is is. I think he beats Barbosa as well before. I think he's just a bit, he's he, he's a bit trigger shy now. Yeah. You know? Like even in the Oliver fight, he, it wasn't the same. Pettis he used to remember when he fought like Donald Cerrone and Benson Henderson. He was like throwing knees from behind them, kicking them, high kicks from behind, spinning, spinning off the cage like uh, cartwheel kicks, fucking mm-hmm. jumping off the cage. That that Showtime, like he hasn't even tried anything like that in in. Since the RDA fight, yeah, but styles make fights as well. You know, I think all of those style matchups were very, very tough for him. Barbosa one though was would allow him to. Destroy. I think Barbosa is underrated. You know, I, I don't know. I think that was, I think that was a tough matchup but for Pettis him. Pettis has gone away from them body kicks, like rattling them body kicks in every opportunity, and then opening up the head. Like that used to be like a, a big part of his game. Like he's kind of gone away from that. Yeah. Maybe he's afraid of getting taken down off the kick. Like you know, it's he's been grounded on pounded for. Whatever, how many minutes? Twenty-five against or twenty out of twenty-five against Oria and five of the the Eddie Alvarez fight. Yeah. But changes your changes your uh, your decisions. Yeah, like I agree, and I think there's a point as well that we're looking at is if Max Holloway is kind of doing what I'm doing and he's looking at the bru- you know the blueprint to beat Pettis, and if he does try to take him down or try to clinch him, Pettis, you know Pettis could choke him out. You know Pettis is a yeah. very very yeah. good. You know, yeah. I definitely don't think Pettit or Holloway should go out of his game and try to try to fight a game that he that, that isn't him. I think he should fight he should fight his game. Um, like I think uh, I think going doing something that you're not used to is going to make you very tired. It's a five round fight, like you know you you don't want to get tired here because you're trying to wrestle when you when you're not used to it or you don't want to get stuck in a guillotine. Like Pettis will grab your neck and guillotine you. Like if you if you put a sloppy shot in on him, like he'll take advantage. Like he's he's. A, he was a UFC champion and the WBC champion for a reason. Like he's no mug. Like he, he finishes people if they give if they give him the chance. And he rises to an occasion as well. He Remember used to that? anyway. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Yeah. Like, uh, um, I, I'm not writing out of Anthony Bennis yet. I like uh, you spoke about body kicks there. I think against Barboza, he actually did land a couple of them. It was just Barboza brought too much, you know, with his leg kicks and with everything. I think just think Barboza's. Is, one of the, I think Barbosa is one of the best strikers in the world, and that was a good matchup for Barbosa because he didn't have the, the threat of the takedown as well. Yeah. You know? But look, Holloway as well. Like Holloway, he had, how many five round fights has he had? One against Oliveira that only went one round. Well, you know? it went like twenty seconds or something. Didn't it? <laughs> he had a five round fight when in his third fight ever, but he's not. He you know he's never but had. That was one in the UFC, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't in the UFC, no. Oh, yeah. Never had one since that. Like so, so that's that's another thing as well. You need to take into account. Look, I I seem to be very negative here against Holloway, and I think a lot of people are probably picking Holloway. Look, I think Holloway is a fantastic fighter. He's improved an awful lot, and he he could definitely 
uh, be Pettis. But yeah. I know I just, oh, there's a lot of variables in it. Like yeah. you know, Pettis is he's uh, is, is very good everywhere, mm. um, except for maybe his takedown defense against Cage. But uh, Holloway is improving so much as well. So you're kind of you're kind of factoring that in as well. But you never know how much until until they step out there. Styles like, may uh, fight as well. Any, exactly a fighter can be thrown at any, any stage and it's all about styles like it, <clears throat> yeah. it, it's it, like if Pettis was to pick somebody to, to get a title shot against like this is the style he'd want but I just I just I have a feeling Max Holloway's gonna win yeah I have a feeling anti Pettis is gonna win but sure I suppose we'll see <laughs> do you want to have a do you want to have a bet now let's yeah. bet a fiver no come on five euro bet your point Okay, I'll bet you a point. We'll never, we're never going to meet for a point, but there you go. Bet for, bet for a point. <laughs> uh, right, let's let's move on quick before we get to these questions. We're going to be running over time here, but um, uh, Conor McGregor applied for a box and applied for and got a boxing license uh, this week in the state of California. California. Yeah. Uh, went out to Belfast at the weekend, spoke about it, said, you know, it's just basically said it, it, it's it's another option for him said he wasn't stripped of his belt said they have to come and take it from him if he was he was he hadn't he we we, we kind of hummed and hawed over saying it was relinquished or stripped last week we can just say it's stripped now because he said he didn't relinquish it so um th- th- that happened what else did he say anything else but he on, said on he home? actually hadn't been stripped that it's still here and he they better send somebody around to get it if they want it <laughs> <laughs> what do you but think uh, what do you think of the boxing license thing do you think it's just another ploy to to I think it's just opening the boxes and keeping them, mm-hmm. keeping them in the news, and, and the more promotion, the better. Like you know, he has, he has boxing, he has everybody in MMA calling him out. He has everybody in boxing calling him out. He has everybody in WWF or WWE calling him out. He has, yeah. like everybody's talking about him, and he's like, it's perfect for him. All he did is apply for a license. He probably filled in a form, and then he <laughs> creates headlines for, for weeks. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it's really a struggle. Like, like these things are so simple. You would have to be involved for it to happen. Like he has yeah. a contract with them for combat sports, so they'd have to be involved. But maybe, maybe WME, uh, ING would be interested in being involved. But then it's you're cutting the you're cutting the pie three ways and not two ways. Or, but like it would be a huge bout. Like it, 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 would, it would have huge there, interest. There you so, go again. There you go. It's your bout. Yeah, it's not a fight. It's a bout. <laughs> Here, come here to me. I have a question for you on this whole bout fighting. Do you know um, Uriah on uh, Uriah Hall, Ryan Hall against Graham Maynard? Yeah, was that a, was that a fight or a bout? See, uh, I even consider MMA a bout because you can't. You, you, there is rules that you can't thing, but it's the closest closest thing to a fight that you get. Yeah, I agree. But like you, by your definition of it, like, uh, like he, he would have been able to kick him straight in the head there if if that was a real fight. But I think people are like, oh, you know, people are talking about a fight and they're like, oh, who's the better fighter? It's like, well, clearly one of them's a boxer and one of them's a fighter. So one of them's like, if a fight broke out in the in the street, who would win? Yeah, that's true. Slide Mayweather probably who's sh- the better fighter? Slide probably shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look. Uh, uh, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Take that back. Uh, look, I think it's it's a stroke of genius by McGregor. You know, he it's weird that he does things like this so often, and they seem so simple, but nobody else ever does them. Yeah, you know, it's it's just so weird. Like here, as you said, I tweeted during the week. Everyone's calling him out. Like you, Paul, Paulie Malinaji calling him out. You had um. Shane, yeah, Sugar Shane Mosley calling them out. You know, you had every one of the WWE roster calling them out not so long ago. You know, you've Max Holloway, Anthony Pettis, 
Jose Aldo, Habib Magomedov, Tony Ferguson, you know, all of the, everyone looking to fight him. He has options everywhere, and you know it, it, that's a good place to be. You know, and he puts up and that. He has an option of uh, the or the MMAAA. Yeah. That, that mean, like, I'm sure the UFC don't want him joining forces with them. He could use that as a as a bit of leverage as well. Yeah, and he puts like he puts up that tweet of him with a barrel of cash saying he's looking trying to call for more uh, more competition. You know, yeah, just, yeah. And, like and he has about fifty guys calling him out, but it's just brilliant. He's actually it was announced he's going to be on Game of Thrones uh, this season or something. I don't know. I don't watch it, but uh, yeah, like that's another option acting. You know. I didn't think he'd go into porn, though. That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> I don't get that. What's that about? <laughs> Game of Thrones is basically a big porn, and people don't want to it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen it. But, yeah. Um, just, look. Stroke of genius again by McGregor. I suppose what, what more is there to say? Yeah. Um, before we get to the questions, there's two more things. John Jones appeared on on the um, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> look, for, for me, John Jones seems like a guy who... Who tried to tackle these demons? Who thinks he's tackling these demons, but hasn't actually tackled these demons? You know, when when John, when he said uh, Joe Rogan asked him, "Do you ever think you'll drink again or something like that?" and expecting John Jones said, "No, I'm you know it's one day at a time, but it's me and gone for life." John John just said, "Yeah, I think I will." Like, oh, really? <laughs> it's like, what? How are you saying this? Like, it's like I, I imagine his publicist outside at that moment just like breaking through the door. Nah, John, don't do it. What are you thinking? I imagine Dana White listening to that as I was thinking, I'm this guy's gonna be on the fucking. I think pre-end. John Jones maybe thinks though that if he says that, it makes it, it makes it sound more genuine. All the rest of the stuff he's saying, but he's not just he's not just spinning what his press agent has told him to say. Yeah, like it's it still sounds like he's in a little bit of denial. Like he's yeah. obviously fair play to him. He is, you know, sixteen months sober or whatever. I'd like to think that was true. He said it was true, you know. <laughs> he says he still goes out and stuff like that and drinks drinks Red Bull and things like that. You know, hopefully it's true, but God, I don't even care if that's true or not. Like uh, to be honest, yeah. But he, uh, I don't care if he drinks or if he smokes uh, or yeah. But like. <laughs> The last time he did, like, he, he ended up, up the fight. Yeah, but he ended up. If, fucking... if, he, if he keeps affecting him, yeah, if he keeps affecting him where he can't turn up the fight, then then it's. Yeah. But if he turns up the fight, he can he can do what he wants. Yeah, look for me. I think it was he for him. He was trying to do. He was trying to go on, and he was trying to sound like he was together. Like he, you know, he was at a place where he could go and he could talk to Joe Rogan. He'd sound okay. And I think it was a gamble, and I don't think the gamble worked. To be honest, I don't think he sounded great. Like I, it wasn't the worst thing ever, but I think for people who know the story, you know about him. I don't think it would have given him any reassurances. Like you know, hopefully he can he can steer clear of it. Hopefully, you know, he spoke about to Joe to Joe Rogan when when um. When he got that, I know he's been banned for so many things now. But when he was out of the cage for for ages, and he took up the powerlifting, he said he got addicted to that. That you know he needed it to to stay in. He has the flow combat thing coming up now. Where he's grappling Dan Henderson, so he's that keeping him going now. He loves jiu-jitsu, but that's that's like next week, and he's gonna have like eight months between then and when he can fight again. Okay, maybe like two or three months of that are gonna be taken up by a fight cap, maybe. But that's like five months. Where he's not working towards anything, you know. He said himself he isn't even in the gym 
you know, he's been at jiu-jitsu, doing jiu-jitsu. But he said he's not even hitting a bag, not throwing any strikes or anything, not at Jackson's. So, like, that's, I, you know, it's a big couple of months coming up for John Jones. And, like, I don't want to sound like a fucking social worker or anything here. But, you know, it's for a guy who's, that's, that has been the biggest worry about him. There's been no worries about John Jones inside the cage. Like, you know, it, it's sure, his... I think, I think Greg, Greg Jackson was actually the, his, his own coach, was the first one to kind of say it about him years ago when mm-hmm. it was, like, 19, 20. They're like, the only person who's going to beat John, John is John. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, whatever. But then it just it, it turned out to be very, very, very true. Yeah, exactly. Look, hopefully it doesn't happen. Um, hopefully John Jones can come back. Hopefully he can, you know, take on the world. But whew, I, I, I'd be a bit wary about it. Let's let's just put it that way. Uh, you also you want to mention the before we get to the questions the IMFs as well. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention them last week. Yeah. Uh, the, the IMMAFs from uh, or the European IMMAFs uh, last week. Last week, um, yeah. Alexander O'Sullivan. Dave Fogarty, Yogi Dave Fogarty, and Lee Hammond all medaled. Um, uh, Lee and Dave got silvers, uh, lost decisions in the final. I thought, uh, bear, bear in mind, you're watching on um, Facebook, live. Facebook live streams here. They're not exactly the, the, the best uh, quality, and you might miss a few little bits. But uh, it looked to me like Lee Hammond had, uh, had done enough to, to win the decision. That was surprising. But... Uh, Good experience for them, like several fights in in the week, and all good learning experience at amateur, and, and yeah, it's good to it's good to have them pressurized situations like a semi final or a final with a, with a medal on the line, and yeah, it'll stand them in good stead. Uh, obviously, uh, Lee Lee and Dave and Alex would would have preferred to have come home with with the with the goal, but uh, I'm sure that I'm sure they'll be in the the worlds, the IMAF worlds when they, when they come around and. The, experience will stand them yeah Dave's fight as well he lost all three cards 30-27 which I thought was a bit of a joke really like he won he, he obviously had a very bad start in the first round he nearly got he nearly got finished but shot unbelievable hard to come through I thought he I thought he won the was it, oh, geez, it's long gone now. He, he won. He definitely won round one round anyway. I think it was the third round. I think the second round was close, but I think twenty nine, twenty eight either way probably would have shaded it for for the other guy. In, in fairness to to Dave and all, but I think the thirty twenty seven was was a bit bad. You know, the judging mightn't have been the best in it. Watched a couple of other fights and you know, there were, you know who's well, might have been the best in the world, but it, you know, it wasn't. There wasn't anything terribly egregious or anything. Now, in fairness, but, yeah. Um, yeah, the yeah. Alex O'Sullivan fight in stream, so because. Um, they were that Dave Fogarty was streaming them from his uh, Facebook, and he was he was fighting, and then he was cornering Lee. So we didn't get to see that. So hopefully, uh, I said it before, but hopefully the IMAF Worlds and the next one, hopefully they'll stream it live because there's definitely interest there. Like a lot of people messaging about it around the time, and I think I, 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 it'd be so easy to do. I, th- I think they should definitely do it. They should definitely stream it live. I, I don't think they should because I want to see Owen Roddy cornering over Facebook Live. Yeah, that is very funny. <laughs> that, yeah. that was hilarious. If you didn't see it, well, De- uh, Owen Roddy coaches Dave Fogarty and <laughs> Dave, Dave's cornerman was Facebooking, Facebook Living, is that a word? Uh, the fight as it was going on and Owen Roddy was on the Facebook live stream in Ireland and he was like, tell him, tell him to throw kicks to the calf and then your man on the phone, throw kicks to the calf to him and it's over. And like Carl Binder came on, look, look at Owen Roddy cornering over Facebook live on a man. But yeah, it was, I thought that was, uh, that was hilarious. But uh, yeah, 
was yeah, I agree. Like they're they're all there's you always get good fights there, you know, you've guys coming out. Yeah. You know, thrown down hard. That Dave Fogley fight was like that was a tremendous fight at the final and he he got a few finishes as well before that. You know, all the fights I watched are you know, they're always good, always guys going for it. So you know. Grassroots MMA has, you know, I kind of joke about it that I only kind of watch the UFC and stuff, but grassroots MMA has a huge place. And I think there's a lot of people are very interested in that as well. And even somewhere like, you know, Flow Combat or something, they, they could pick that up. You know, they they do a lot of streaming like that. Someone like that could yeah, definitely do it. Or Fight Pass. Yeah. yeah. Someone, someone like that definitely do it. And uh, I think next year they could uh, they could do it. But yeah. Um, I suppose let's move on to the questions. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, rosnutrition.com. Coming up to Christmas now, lads, the ROS Nutrition have been with us for a long time, very loyal to us, and uh, it'd be great if you could support them. Head on over to rosnutrition.com. You can get 25% off with the promo code Severe MMA. Uh, you heard it start to show they have a oh, brilliant supplement provider, protein, amino acids, all that good stuff. Uh, as I say, um, 25% off coming up to Christmas. What more can you ask for? ROSnutrition.com. Promo code severe MMA. Help us. Help you. Right. Let's move on to answer a few questions. Graham. Um, Farrell Connolly with the most important question of the of the day that we're gonna get coming up to Christmas. What's your favorite tinned chocolates for the festive season? Ooh. There's only, one, there's only one well like celebrations heroes college oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, celebrations yeah. I, I this is a tough one for me i would say celebrations but i think or heroes maybe. heroes are good as well i like i like a yeah. hero myself there's a few dodgy ones in the hero though isn't there there are there are yeah there's the eclairs which are always left in the bottom i like the eclairs, i like them as well but they're always left yeah fudge fudge ones as well they're yeah, the fudge ones are very poor yeah mm-hmm, very poor there's always one shit one, though, isn't there? Yeah, it's, they just can't get rid of them. They just yeah. throw them in the box at Christmas. It, it's like a box of USA biscuits with, like, the plain biscuit that's thrown on the side. And you have, yeah. to, you know, you have two the layers. Dark chocolate ones just left there, though. <laughs> yeah. Do you know the way you have the two layers? And then, you, like, you have to take out the top layer and put, like, eight biscuits in your hand and fuck away the top and then just throw them biscuits on top of the bottom layer. You know, to keep them going, but, yeah. Or some sly bastard has, like, opened up the second layer when the first <laughs> oh! layer taking all the good fucking, all the best ones. <laughs> those fucking, are, those people should be hanged. Oh, should be people should be hanged in the middle of a the wall. Come on, do you know, do it. Do you know my, uh, my 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 one fatal flaw in life? It's when I eat a celebration angry. or stuff. I I throw the <laughs> I throw the wrapper back into the box. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> I do it just to piss people off. That Patrick hates that. But I was doing it. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Mr. Podge is there again with with a lot of questions. Um. <laughs> his his best one here is did the Fertitas and Dana White see the rise of the unions coming? Did they see basically did they see kind of all the bad stuff that's happening or did they see it coming and that's why they got out? No, I don't think so. It's uh, people keep calling it a union. It's actually not a union. You, I think you have to be employees and employers to have a union. So yeah. they have a contractor, so it's an association. Um it's kind of different. I'm not exactly sure what the differences are, but I've seen a lot of people say union when it's actually not. They they, they actually came out in the call and said this is not a union. This is an association. Uh, what was the question again? Sorry, did the Fertitas and then I'd see it coming and so oh, uh, um, No, I don't think so. I think um, they wouldn't have been worried about something like this. They they've seen that attempts at it before, um, and they've all been fruitless. So um, no, I don't. Well, 
it might have been like a, a small factor in it, but I don't think it was any kind of major factor in it. I think they saw a lot of things coming. I think they saw this. They saw like how drug testing was going to affect the sport, weight cutting, the new TV deal. You know, lives. We, there's a thing about ESPN every couple of days. How many things? How many subscribers they're losing? People are not paying for live TV anymore. They're you know they're streaming everything. Is the pay per view as well? Is that declining? You know, it's taken a bit of a rebound uh, in the last couple of years, but I think in general there's a thought that it's oh, going definitely to declining. Is declining. Yeah, yeah definitely. But, so, <clears throat> yep. I I think they're smart. I I agree with Mister Podge. I I think um, I, I think they saw it coming and they got out at the right time. To be honest, but um, yeah, lads as well. Give Mister Podge a follow at the number one Mister Podge on Twitter. Best friend of the podcast. Sends in great questions. Uh, every week, so uh, give that man a follow. Um, Kieran Stapleton, this at the soup lad as well. Good, good guy for sending questions. What's your favorite Saw Doctor song? Saw Doctors. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know one of their songs. Fuck's sake! What about I used to love her? I used to love her. I used to love her once. Not know that. What about N Seventeen? Uh, you surely know N Seventeen. No. Ah, Graham. Jeez, we'll have to educate you. Kate um, Bush, there is an artist. Yeah, I, I saw you talking about Kate Bush on Twitter there this morning. What a, what a man. Uh, Mr. Podge, again, uh, this is a good question, actually. What if, uh, wh- what do you think about the um, UFC sacking Chuck Liddell and Matthews? Well, let's be honest, they were fake jobs, weren't they? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm surprised they didn't get caught the first time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, like I think uh, I can't remember who tweeted it. Somebody tweeted it, uh, the picture of my, everybody else is watching the fights at, at yeah. the UCK side, and he's watching baseball or <laughs> I think it was golf Patrick, or something. It, maybe, yeah, yeah, that, maybe uh, yeah, baseball. Yeah. yeah, I think it was baseball. Like, it says it already, you know. Yeah, and then he's meant to be telling fighters how to behave in public, and he's going on rants and yeah. I don't know. It was a. It was there as a as a gesture. Both of them were there as as gestures. Chuck Liddell to try and get him to retire at the time mm-hmm. because he didn't want him to fight on. But um, I think both of them are, are probably well. I don't know for, but I say both of them are financially. Or I don't think it's uh, devastating to them or anything. Uh, look, and, and the silver lining in this as well is we're going to have Tito versus Chuck in, in uh, Bellator next year, so that should be good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's just going to... You know, you just know that's going to happen. Matthews and Heather Gracie or something. Yeah, Jesus. Um, does the dirt of talent at Flyweight make DJ look better than he is? And uh, what are your thoughts on him in the pound-for-pound rankings? No, uh, did you not... The Benavidez against Henry Cejudo fight, like, that's clearly a very high-level... Two really high level guys, and he yeah. destroyed he both of them. Like in the first round, both of them. Well, I know the Benavides the first time went to it a to it a close enough decision, but the second time he he put him out and coffin nailed him. And uh, yeah, no, I, I think um, I think this happens a lot. Like there's a lot of knee jerking when when a, a fight that's meant to be a blowout ends up not being. Well, even though we won four four one in rounds, in my opinion, it wasn't it wasn't how I saw it going. I saw Demetrius Johnson finishing him. I think a lot of people saw that. So I think that a lot of time when this happens, people people uh, say bring up stuff like this. But I, I, no, I think Haraguchi, like Haraguchi, Cejudo, Benavidez, McCall, people like that, like they're they're top quality fighters. Right? 
Yeah, I agree. I think the dirt of name fighters is, is hurting him more. And you also, you know, we speak about Habib and about how be, how Habib's two years off kind of hurts him in the rankings. I think John Jones's time off as well hurts him in the rankings. You know, Demetrius Johnson be going in there taking everyone out while he's been, yeah. you know, the rankings are. Why do people care so much about the rankings? Yeah, I know, but I think I don't think there's an argument now. I think Demetrius Johnson is clearly number one. I think McGregor's probably number two. Um, no, what are you doing? Jones, John Jones. One, Gregor too, I think. Yeah. Uh, you don't have Demetrius Johnson above either of them. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think he's very good, but uh, I think the, the that second belt, I think, solidifies him ahead. Yeah. The style um, he did it in as well is just yeah. unbelievable. That's true. Good question here from. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's such a oh, yeah, sorry, it's such a such a hard thing the pound for pound it's, it's, it is yeah it's it, it's as chills on and said it's like people who people who discuss the integers which makes batman or superman better you know it's it's it is yeah, stupid, yeah, that's, that's so here, here we are doing it <laughs> uh, yeah every week <laughs> <laughs> every week uh at naked day for the podcast as well a very interesting question if if mcgregor was a boxer and had the same ability uh, as he does as a mismatched art, artist do you think he'd be he'd be as big a draw or do you think it's because he's an MMA fighter that yeah, he's been able to do it? I think he'd be bigger if he was boxing. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Do you not think boxing? I think he would have been bigger quicker, at least. Anyway, he would have he would have been bigger quicker. I think, like even in Ireland, like people were like, "Oh, MMA, bad, bad for ages." When when Conor was first in the UFC, like they just didn't want to know. It, if it was boxing, they would have been loving it. Like you know, we got a few amateur boxers, and people pretend like they're they're world-class world beaters like a professional or the way they go on and then yeah. these guys like aren't even pros you're gonna get some abuse for that <laughs> let's be honest though like, yeah, it, I, like I, agree. I agree at amateur mma nobody's like oh look at this conor mcgregor lad like you know nobody nobody was saying that yeah i i don't i think he i don't think he'd be as big as boxing because i don't think there's that juggernaut in boxing i think it's very hard to become what about uh, sky sports though and all that all that coverage yeah, and all that sky sports news would sky sports take him on like you know it's grand to say that now boxing, they promote freddie Lintoff against some guy in an exhibition match the man retired from cricket because of an injured knee and then he they promoted a, a boxing match between him and some guy yeah i agree but it's getting in that situation for them to promote you you know maybe if he was a world beater maybe if he was beating everyone it would happen maybe but i don't know like is anthony jo- i think anthony joshua joshua is good like is anthony joshua as big as conor mcgregor no but he hasn't he hasn't put himself out there like conor like taking oh, all the risks and stuff he's saying and yeah what has he said? That's well, I don't like, know. He's not that type of guy, though. But he's just... if he goes out and has he taken like the top, like has he taken short notice fights or boxing bouts against tough style matchups? On like you know, he hasn't he hasn't risked taking the risks. He hasn't he's... put himself out there with documentaries and videos. He hasn't put himself. He has. He, he has. He said loads of shit. Yeah. Have you like have you not been paying attention? On like. Anthony jo- Joshua. Yeah, like he's supposed to be fighting. He'll be fighting Klitschko in his next fight. Like, which is no, I know, but he hasn't. Like, what? What does he? What does he put out? I don't know. They put uh, there was a documentary on uh, on Sky about him, which was very good. Like, you know, he got into a lot of trouble when he was young and stuff, and <clears throat> he hasn't been boxing that long. Only like a few years, like five years, and and you know, it was there was a very good documentary about him. You know, those gloves are off. Things do great numbers and stuff. People watch them a lot. I think they're yeah, pretty. They're good. awful, though, aren't they? Oh, I like them. I think they're the hands- ones on him. Anyway. Really? 
yeah. But Sky Sports News, like he's that. Maybe it's just because I don't like boxing. It's just I just don't pay attention yeah, to it. Maybe not. I don't like. I, I watch. I watch it like it is a big bear on, but I, I, I'm not following following it every week or anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it's possible, but I think it's a lot less possible in boxing. You know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's an interesting question. Like interesting if, Connor, if Connor had went to the Olympics and and boxed a few few amateurs at the Olympics and won won a medal there and then turned pro, there would have been hype behind him before he even turned pro. Like like with all these other guys that are in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's interesting. Yeah, it's so hard to know. Yeah, Sinister, sinister thoughts on it, lads. Sinister, what, what you think? Uh, two questions there from Patrick, and we have a couple more. Uh, who drinks next for DJ? If you have to say a name. <sighs> Haraguchi. I'd say Wilson Hayes. I think you give it to Hayes. Uh, his other question is, I'll give him a follow at Patchy in one, two, three. Do you think um, the double M, triple A will hinder the fighters getting booked and climbing the ladder? I, I presume he means the likes of Tim Kennedy and Tim Lads. Yeah. Um, if they could prove that they were doing it, would it not be like uh, it worked against them? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But they've done things like this in the past, you know, with guys, you know, giving them hard fights in their last fight. Remember Rory McDonald? Well, Rory McDonald, yeah. who did he get? Was it a, a Wonder Boy? It was Wonder Boy, yeah. So, last fight of his contract, yeah. they, you know, they do that a lot. But he could. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I definitely wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't uh, rule it out, yeah. yeah. It's, hard. It's, it's another one that's... It, these are new owners. It's hard to know. Like, we haven't heard much, if anything, from the new owners. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't done any interviews. Like it's tough to know what they're thinking, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. We have a question from Super Calo there about Gray Manor. They talk about the, the spelling of his name is a gray or gray. <laughs> they're tough to know. Uh, Amy McLean as well asked. G O R A I. Uh, <laughs> Manor. Uh, uh, Amy McLean asked, "Was yesterday Marlon Fellaini's best game for Everton?" Uh, oh yeah. No, I'd say I'd say he caused more. He probably threw a few elbows in in the match that we're, we're forgetting. But I liked uh, Leon Osmond's comments about him. What I don't do know what the hell they have him beside, uh, near the airbox for. He's always, even in training, he'd be giving people dead legs and elbowing them in the face. And you, you just you just get him anywhere away from your box, basically, and have him cause that havoc up in the opposition box. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, that was I'm, funny. I'm, I'm still not over it, right? One for Patrick. Pick these fights. Vanata versus Felder. Um... I love that fight, Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Venata, but I, I don't know that much about Venata, but I'll go Venata. I, I would as well. Niall McGrath will be crying into his laptop if he hears that. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Cormier against Stipe. Um, Stipe. Oh, I'd say Stipe as well. Joanna against Shevchenko. Joanna. Shevchenko's on 35, isn't she? Yeah, she has to be at 125, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, or she, it depends, yeah. If she had to move up to 135. Let's go fight. Yeah. Vitor against Tyron Woodley. Oh, Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I think Woodley knocked him out. Brooks against Holloway. I presume he means Will Brooks. Will Brooks. Is an odd one. At what, 155 or 150? 145? 155, will sir. <sighs> Jesus, um, it's hard to know. Like Holloway going up there, I'd probably go. I'd probably pick Will Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Bad style matchup, and it's ten pounds every year. 
Okay, a couple more before we go. Kieran Flynn asked about Harold Dean. We spoke about him. Thanks for the question. Um, uh, Andy Cowan asks, which are you more excited for, the Bama or Bellator portion of the Dublin event? Bama. I, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and the last question for this week from Johnny Byrne, friend of the podcast as well. Good man, likes, uh, is, uh, often contributes. Do Graham or Sean have any tips for staying often up? often contributes. Yeah. That's a good one. What? Is often contributes. Yeah. He often contributes. Oh, I thought you said is often contributes. I could have said that. I'm not that good <laughs> at speaking. Do you have any um, any tips for staying up late for late cards? Um, Be a degenerate. I that doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. yeah, I'm just already stuck in this pattern, uh, sleeping pattern. Um, <laughs> Live on Pacific time. Yeah, I'm not one to fall asleep on like a couch or sitting up or anything, so it's not really a problem for me, you know. Yeah, I'd have to choose to go to bed to, to fall asleep. But. Yeah, me neither. To be honest, I, I, last time I fell asleep was uh, was TJ Dillashaw against Inamborough. The first one wasn't that bad, was it? Yeah, that was. I fell asleep during that. Wrecked tired, but uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's about it for this week. So that was that was a fun one. Um, yeah. Get us your questions in from now until till next week. Send them to Atsavira and Maypod and we'll give them a like and keep them together till next week. You can give me a follow over on Twitter at Sean Sheehan Bay. You can give Graham a follow at Severa May. Give all the lads over there a follow as well. Go over to Facebook. Give us a like. Um, so, yeah. Well, actually, there's uh, Clan Wars 26 happened uh, yesterday, Sunday Sunday night, in uh, Sunday evening up in Belfast. And uh, the, the main card fights are up on Severa if you want to check them out. Uh, Dylan Logan made his pro debut. Uh, an SBG Ireland guy he took on uh, Daniel Rutkovich or Rovkovsky. Um, there was uh, Alex Bedoy and Paul Hughes. Another good fight. Yeah, there's some fights up there anyway from uh, from uh, Northern Irish show last night. If people want to check them out. Nice. Do that. As I say, severemed.com. All that good stuff. Oh, Cade Warriors, actually, sorry, I meant to men- mention this. Oh. Cade Warriors announced an event for uh, March 4th in Dublin in the Three Arena. The oh, first, yeah. first time Cade Warriors will be in the Three Arena and said, uh, used to be in the Helix. They said there's going to be an so, Irish uh, champion crowned. Any ideas? Yeah. yeah they said it's going to be time, time to crown an Irish champion. So that would suggest to me that there's two Irish men fighting each other. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, how would you guarantee it? Like, um, Yeah, Carl Moore. I don't know who he'd fight. Um is Chris Fields under contract with Bama? I suppose Chris Fields is fighting yeah, for a Bama title. Well, I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah, I'm not sure what the story with Chris is, but I, I'd say because he's fighting for the Bama title, mm-hmm. he's probably locked in there. Um, Joe McCulgan is around there, Peter Queeley. Yeah, Joe McCulgan versus Steve Owens. Like Steve Owens called him out, but they're, they're both 2 and 0. It'd be, a bit, it'd be a bit early for a title shot, maybe. But. Yeah. Is Ryan Roddy Irish or is he English? Oh my God, mad. Ryan Roddy? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's Irish. Yeah. Well, he's Northern Irish, isn't he? Possibly. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't even know where he's from, to be honest. I remember I, I remember asking, is he related to Owen Roddy? And someone said no. And you know, I was like, oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I always thought he was from Newcastle or something. Does he train over there? Does he train with Tommy Quinn? Yeah, he trains over Newcastle. Nah, that's yeah, it. he trains with Tommy Quinn. Yeah. Tommy Quinn could be another you know, one. He's like Cage Warrior's favourite, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really sure. I'm really sure he's Irish, but he's just fighting at Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it should be good anyway. It's good, you know, to have. Um... Like his only loss is to is to Paul Redmond as well, Ron Roddy. Like you know, he, he drew with Fishgold, and he's beaten everybody else. Yeah, good fighter. Yeah, he's very good. Seven one one, like yeah. Yeah. So there you go. 
Um, yeah, so as I say, head on over to Spherema.com, give us a like on Facebook, all that good stuff. And as as we will be doing every week from now on, let's finish it up for it with the inspirational quote. Here it comes, Graham. You ready for it? Yeah. The only person you should strive to be better than is the person you were yesterday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>